do you not want to? Bear Cat Bounce <laughs> Podcast. Back at it again. As always, it's a Monday. It's a Monday morning. It's a uh, Pike to Bins reunion Monday. It is a uh, Monday night, pardon me. It is a, a new coach. That means new on the logo. That means new on the screen. Across from West Miller, new coach Scott Satterfield Monday. That means that there's no better time for me to introduce and welcome back and continue to discuss with my, my three pals, my buddies who, who talk to me so much that I need to tell them to relax because this has been one wild search after a wild search. You know, we had it from the get-go, Scotty Satterfield to Cincinnati. So without further ado, it's time to bring in three pals, three guys. That's right. Aaron Smith, Chad Brendel, Ryan Royer. Gentlemen, how are we? Look, once I say here we go, it's go time. I can't I can't undo the click <laughs> of live. How are we? <laughs> I'm, I'm delightful. How about you? I'm doing all right. Thank you for asking. Ryan, how are we? I'm good. Uh, yeah. Just a lot going on. Time to dissect Plenty. some stuff. Amen. Aaron, how are we? It's been a rough day. The baby is sick, and it's the first time she's been sick, so she has been attached to me pretty much until uh, 30 minutes ago. Okay. Okay. There's not that, That's not too bad. It's your loving daughter attached to your hip. Oh, she's not fun right now. <laughs> Her whole face is running, and she's crying, and not fun. Fair. You fair. feel bad for did, it, but did it's you, not fun. Did you catch it? Not yet. Yeah. You, you tried. Chad? You're off the screen, but you said you're doing delightful. That's good to hear. Yeah, I'm delightful. Okay. I'm okay. delightful. It's, it's been a busy day. It's been a lot. Yeah. Uh, got a call at 7.30 this morning that, mm-hmm. that it was going down. So haven't stopped since. So it's, it's been good. It's been good. Meet me at the third. It's going down. Yeah, that's, <laughs> good. that's right. Scott Satterfield, number 43. Um. But we're... We're gonna mention that, but first we gotta, gotta talk about you know if if you have like something not a runny nose, but maybe maybe like some running oil coming out of your car, maybe a little bit of a running flat tire, you know maybe your 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 car's rubbing against you all day and you're really getting frustrated about it. Head over to Danco Transmission. Not a care, Danco Joe. That's right. Hit up Danco Joe. Let him know. Say shout out Scott Satterfield. Ask him for a little uh, little help, a little ten dollars off. Your next oil change, your ten percent off. Your next fixing, Danco Auto Care and Transmission. But guys, yeah, Chad, early in the morning. Uh, sucks that it happens on a Monday, my busiest day of a, of my day job week. Uh, so, so it's a a lot of catching up for everyone to do. But hey, little little Monday morning drop, and before you know it, one p.m. We're we're introducing Scott Satterfield as the new head coach of the University of Cincinnati Bearcats. And and Chad, you, you've been there for all of it, so I want to get your thoughts in a bit. But Ryan, I want to hear your thoughts first. When you saw it all drop on Twitter, everything of that, how you've been able to gather everything that you've seen, everything that you've been able to talk to and go from there with Scott Satterfield, new head coach. Yeah, seeing seeing the the uh, image pop up on Bearcats like social media, it's like all right, like this this new change is for real now. It's like that's not Luke Fickle's big ass teeth up there smiling. That's a new guy with the visor up. So it's exciting, but it's also kind of I was a little shocked. That was my first. I was like, who? 
Scott's not, who is this guy? I have no idea um, who he is really. Um, I had to do my research on him. I'm still a little like on the fence, you know, it's not like a splash hire. I don't think it's anything anyone really saw coming. I think he's got a lot to prove. He's got a big, uh, big spot to fill with what coach Fickle did. Um, you know, first, first glances, it's, you know, basically 500 at Louisville and the ACC. Um, that's a little, a little concerning. Um, did well at app state, you know, the whole thing while he transitioned, um, FCS to FBS did a good job with that. Um, yeah, I mean, it could be a little bit of a, help in our transition but you know that's kind of apples to oranges in my opinion mm -hmm. um what else uh you know not great defense i mean it's literally like 450 yards offense 400 yards defense i mean you're not gonna that's explains a lot of the 500 record you know you got to play defense i think that's what makes um cincinnati great what we've been doing the past years on defense so Hopefully retaining Combs, maybe maybe Walt Stewart. I think that'll be huge for him in a defensive strategy, along with just recruiting in the area. Uh, um, I mean, you know, I, I kind of wanted a big splash hire, like I said, and he may not be that, but you know, he's got a good track record with recruiting, got a good track record with NIL. But you know, you can get you can pour some money into NIL and get these big name players like there get four or five stars, but you got to be able to coach them. And at the end of the day, you got to win some damn football. So that's something I haven't seen much from him yet. So I'm not going to jump on the train, but he's got to earn it. Um, there's some positive things to be said about him. So I'm going to give him a chance. I trust John. I trust Pinto. You know, they've hired great people across the board in athletics. So the guys were, the guys were, you know, they were kind of excited. I mean, he, he, he has, I'm sure a bunch of the offensive guys were excited. He, he seemed like he presented himself well. They liked how he came in there and kind of said, you know, it's time to get to time to get to work after this bowl game. Um, I liked that, but you know, I'm still on the fence. He's got stuff to prove. Um, it's just, you know, you kind of, when you go to the college football playoff and you've won a shit ton of football games, you know, you kind of want to feel a little bit more secure you kind of want to feel like you're coming out of the gates trying to attack. You know, I know Cunningham said this is a safe hire. Um, you know, it's like a comfortable fit. And, you know, I'm, my, my opinion is like I'm, I don't really want like safe, like safe is death in my world. I want someone who's going to come out there and, you know, be kind of an impact guy right away. And I, I just hope that wasn't like John's full opinion on him. Like, oh, this will be a nice safe guy to get. Like, you know, he'll be the safest option. But I'm, I'm hoping he comes out swinging, ready to get shit rolling, get NIL rolling, like, because that was a big problem, I'm guessing. And, yeah, I know I just kind of rambled for a little bit, but this no, is the first I mean, time I've been sure. able to talk. Yeah. The first time I've been able to talk about it all day, I've been stuck at work, so. Right. Oh, I, I'm the same way, but someone who's been, who's been hard at work, really trying to struggle and figure out his own, his own self, because, Ryan, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch on a couple of your thoughts there as well afterwards i want to get aaron's initial thoughts as well because you know you mentioned the whole jump from you know fcs fbs whole different animal i i kind of said a little tweet about that and a lot of the louisville faithful hates the cincinnati faithful right now probably stronger than they ever have which has been no fun. i don't think that's true or as strong 
I think no. uh, we'll get to no, it no, as no, to oh, why. No, 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 I I didn't mean like the if you bash Louisville themselves, not not the whole Scott Scott Satterfield thing, not that part. Just more if you just say anything ill will about Louisville. You, you know what I mean? It's just no, you know, not really. Yeah, yes, the fault <laughs> is more on Scott Satterfield. It's not on Louisville itself. It's on Scott Satterfield. That's what I was pointing to. Not the whole Scott Satterfield thing. But Aaron, thoughts when you saw it drop this morning with uh, Brennix all over you? I don't like the way you phrased that. Just like. Um, <laughs> so. You're in a weird spot tonight. But <laughs> step your game up. So, <laughs> obviously what he did at Louisville, 500 record, 25-24. Nothing to write home about. Um the, the the big hit there was the four and seven season, but I don't know. I mean, he doesn't move the needle for me as much as some of the other names that were out there, um, including what appears to be Deion Sanders OC. I think that moved the needle for me even more than uh, the more guy than that this. struggled to win in the MAC moved the needle more than Scott Satterfield for you, I'm, who won at Appalachian State at a gigantic rate compared to Sean Lewis. I was getting there. Thanks. <laughs> but he did have a lot of success at Appalachian State. Now, it's been some time since he was at Appalachian State. Four so that's, that's an eternity for a coach. That's a whole – I mean, that's a whole tenure anywhere for a coach. Okay. What? Where am I wrong? Go ahead. <laughs> I'm – what do you want to say, Chad? Because everything I say is always wrong. No, I, I just, I, I, oh, good God. <laughs> what a podcast is supposed to do is talk and discuss. I, I just think, like, the, 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 the tone is always negative. I don't, I, you're, you're, you're more high on Sean Lewis, who struggled to win at Kent State over Scott Satterfield that won at Appalachian State. I, I don't I don't understand that logic. Uh but anyway. Uh well, so Chad, <laughs> since you've been able to be, you know go to the press conference, dissect all of that, had your uh not exclusive exclusive interview with Thick afterwards. Sorry, with Scott Satterfield afterwards. That'll be I'll take a little while. What are we going? Sat is Sat the short name for I, sure. For, I, I think heard, that's what they called him down there. Satty Daddy. Yeah, I heard like uh, Saddy Daddy. I heard Cunningham. I think I think Coach Staddy Coach might not Matt. be okay with that. <laughs> yeah, it's already copyrighted by the boy Staddy. Yeah, Staddy might Daddy. not. Staddy might might not be okay with somebody infringing <laughs> upon his uh, deal. The Saddy Staddy Daddy, but uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I think I heard Cummings. Sorry, geez, Cunningham actually mentioned him as Coach Sat. So that'll be something something short like uh, like Vic was. So yeah. Uh, Chad, you uh, you and Justin had to sit down with him. A really good interview, actually. A little bit more of a uh, a personal back and forth. It's like that Justin and I thing. Like we work pretty well together. It's like stepbrothers, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> said he was like he was like the guy that went to another school, but like is a fan, so he uh -huh. donates money and got like an honorary degree from Bearcat Journal. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Do you guys wear the tuxedos for it? No. No, okay. the, the, you what go. you see is what you get with me right here. There I did have the I did have the slacks on today instead of the jeans. Ooh, okay, fancy. Damn, fancy. Well, <laughs> well after you've been able to to kind of 
gather more info, swallow it whole thoughts as far as the search itself, how things wrapped up. Cause you know, Louisville posted that it didn't start to, you know, conversation didn't start until at least what their you said was that it didn't start until Saturday night. And then Sunday is when the first, you know, interviews happened. So it did happen really, really fast, which is what Satterfield said. Uh, just kind of your thoughts on everything now. Um, so I, I think there was probably at least like, um, remember I talked about there was like 30 or 40 calls that went out early in the process. Um, I think he was probably involved with one of those mm-hmm. um, to just like, you know, touch base and kind of see where each other were at. Um, and then you have to wonder, like, maybe they got – started to get through this thing and started to think like, you know, you're looking at, you know, a couple of Mac head coaches and you're looking at an SEC assistant and that you're looking in these different places and, and you wonder how much, you know, maybe they started to get through this thing and thought, I wonder if there's something, maybe, maybe this isn't, we're not finding exactly what they want. Cause remember he had Cunningham laid out a pretty specific list of like, you're going to have to be good at NIL. You're going to have to be good at the portal. You're going to have to have some recruiting chops. Like, you, you know, you're going to – and and I think he's made it clear now with his two major hires, he values experience. He values head coaching experience. So I just wonder if maybe they got to a point where they were like, you know what, let's, let's double back and make sure we've exhausted every option from those people maybe that we talked to earlier in the process um and then satterfield's name apparently comes back around he said in the presser that he was uh driving up for his interview as the bengals game was ending so that was you know what seven o'clock or so yeah um six thirty seven o'clock uh yesterday for like the in-person i guess interview um now as i talked about in the the interview that we did with him uh, after the press conference, he was familiar with Cincinnati because he was almost your coach, Royer. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you wouldn't even have been here uh, if that were the case. But he finished a close second to Luke Fickle uh, previously, and it was kind of like offense-defense, right? Like, do we want to go with the offensive guy, which was Satterfield? Do we want to go defense with Fickle? I think Fickle's persistence – like he was apparently just relentless in trying to get this job. Um, I think that might have pushed him over the top. Whereas Satterfield, coming from North Carolina, I think there was such a disconnect locally from Tuberville that I felt like they probably had to overcorrect and get yeah. like Mr. Ohio, right? Mm-hmm. Luke is like Mr. Ohio. Yeah. So I think that's probably why Luke won out, you know, won the job the first time around. But I wonder how much that familiarity uh, helped. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where, like, when it came back around to him, well, I've already interviewed. I already – it wasn't with – it was, I believe, with Bone and Ono. <laughs> but I already know the sales pitch. I already know what they have to offer. And now they have even more to offer. They're going into the Big 12. They've got the indoor practice facility, da 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 da, da. Yeah. And I guess it's – you know – when, like how I alluded to before, it's like you made a playoff, like you've been a really successful program, you yeah, got into the Power too. Five. Um, and 
like when you step back and you really like think about all the options we had on the table, there's we, you know, going from a guy like Coach Fickle, like you want like that top cream of the crop guy, so uh, like a big name. And like when you really think about it, there's not, there wasn't really that many like options. So when you proven options, people have coached, been head coaches at, at uh, power five conferences, like, like you just said, and, you know, having a guy that you had second in line before, like that's something, it would make sense. You know, I'm just wondering like why it would took so long, I guess, why they waited. It looks bad. Like you just can't divide. I'm, I'm a backwards hat guy. Yeah. Backwards visor is just a terrible look. I know. It almost feels like you were born with a backwards hat on, Chad. I, don't... I I like a hat, but I don't want the, the brim all up in my yeah, shit. I know. So, you know, backwards hat it is. Yeah. I don't know. That's just kind of like, I wonder why he was like kind of on the back burner for so long. Because that's the kind of way it's kind of like seeming like it's played out. Um, And, you know, I mean, when you like compare him against like – those Matt coaches, I do think it's a better hire. I think going with a guy who's coached it a lot of a lot of Power Five levels, he's been a head coach at the Power Five. I think that holds up better than you know being in the MAC, and especially if you're not like dominating the MAC too. So I I do I do prefer you know Coach Sad over the like Lewis and the other MAC guys they were looking into. But I don't know. I just no get nervous. Lewis. Yeah. I just get nervous because it's like Fickle was a not only a defensive guy, he was a culture guy. And Coach Brady was like his right hand man to that and so good with culture. And but there that, was a risk, there was an inherent risk there, Ryan. Brady had yeah. never been a head strength coach. Yeah, I know. I and that's kind of something you learned like you know, through year one, and then you really saw our from year one to year two. And I Fine. Come back, Aaron. Papa Bear misses you. There he is. Let's go. And I just, you know, he kind of, he alluded to culture in his speech, like how he had a great culture and stuff. So I, he needs to not change. I, he needs to know that I'm not going to come in here and change that. And sometimes when you get all like NIL and, recruiting happy you kind of lose that sense of culture and that was something coach Rickle did a great job in his recruiting um and I guess kind of like in his downfall towards the NIL like he wanted everything to be about like keeping that culture that camaraderie didn't want NIL to get out of hand but I guess the trend of college football is this crazy ass NIL shit so it's it's good it's hard to balance he's got to he's got to stress the culture and maintaining the culture and not trying to change it because that is what made us successful over the past like six years. It's going to be a hard task for him. What what I will say there though that, that's going to be interesting, Ryan. We never actually saw him coach through this NIL stuff because yeah. this was really the first year, and it's it was an Adidas thing. So to kind of break down some of it, their number one. Re- quarterback their quarterback commit was a four-star quarterback elite 11 guy his dad runs one of the bigger quarterback summer quarterback academies okay and 
his teammates at St. John's Bosco out in, in California, most of them play for this seven on seven team. Mm -hmm. And they're sponsored by Adidas. And Adidas, through the quarterback coach, who I believe is going to be coming with Satterfield to Cincinnati, um, Pete Thomas. Kind of, yeah, Pete Thomas. They, they kind of all connected. So Adidas was able to pump money into the quarterback academy and the seven on seven team through NIL. And in return, those guys committed to Louisville. Huh. So he had not coached any of those guys yet. So, and I agree fully with what you're saying. I'm just saying we didn't get the chance to see that culture yeah. side of it because his classes were pretty normal for like an ACC team. Mm -hmm. 30s, right around, you know, between 35, 30, 35, and 40. That's kind of where he had settled. And then we saw that big jump with this class because Adidas had kind of, for people yeah. that don't understand the, the Louisville is like a flagship for Adidas. Oregon, and Adidas, for Nike. Yeah, Louisville is right. Maryland, Under Armour. For Under Armour, Louisville for Adidas. For Adidas, it's really bad if Louisville football sucks. Mm -hmm. So they were kind of pumping money into one of their flagships through a, <laughs> through a relationship that kind of – it's like AAU basketball. Like Yeah, but that relationship isn't going to exist anymore here. No, that's what I'm yeah. explaining. Yeah. <laughs> so it's even it's it's worse. <laughs> no, but he but he understands like he is now kind of experienced what where nil can and, yeah. and he said it in the he interview that Justin and I had with them. Look, if you're expecting to get top level kids, high level kids that you need to win the Big Twelve, and you think you're going to be able to do it without paying them. You have a misunderstanding of how you get top level kids in 2022. Yeah. It's that simple. You got to coach them too. You got to, and at the end of the day, you, you might be able to pay them tens of thousands of dollars. And God knows if we even have that right now. But when they get on campus, you got to be able to develop them and you got to be able to make them win football games. And that's the one thing that he hasn't done. So that's the one thing I'm super stressed out about. Because um, you know, I don't like, you don't have time to just like put you around when you're like transitioning into a new conference. Like look what happened with like Rutgers and Maryland and those schools that they went in the big 10 and they just got shit on for years. And we're kind of, we're kind of in like a, a more difficult situation than they are coming from a smaller conference and not as much revenue so I, I think like yes, NIL is is super important. But at the end of the day, once you get these kids on campus, you you got to be able to develop them, and you got to be able to freaking win. And that's something that he's going to have to do better at here at yeah. Cincinnati because we're used to winning. We have a culture of winning now. I don't want to take a step back and just because we're trying to pay these kids fifty thousand damn dollars, we right. got to be they got to be able to win the game at the end of the day. Well, I think just the as as Cincy Reigns pointed out, I, I think just the simple fact that Satterfield recognizes how important and, and understands, you know, that it is something that you gotta put a big emphasis on is that whole NIL situation. So, you know, I I think just that simple fact is is a big starter 
in that situation. But like you said, developing a program, continuing to push the program forward. And, you know, I, I, I was thinking about it a little bit more how, you know, Satterfield took over at App State, you know, where he, where he played there and everything. But uh, he took over for a, a coach who was ended up being in the um, in the Hall of Fame. And he won a couple of, of a national championships at the FCS level and kind of just did, did a really good job building up that program at App State. And what did what did Scott Satterfield do? He came in, immediately helped push them to, towards the FBS ranks. And then after that, it was more of a, you know, building that program, continue to sustain the success that Jerry Moore had at App State. And I, I think that's similar to what is going on with Cincinnati, just, just in a relative sense. Obviously, Cincinnati is, is steps and steps and steps above App State, but you know more of a relative sense of okay, you're you're not coming into a dumpster fire, you know you're not coming into a team that that struggled, you know over a few a couple of seasons and then all of a sudden the coach is fired. No, this is this program is humming. You know, there's a lot of momentum leading into the Big Twelve. So, you know, continuing to go with that culture and that you know just hard work and, and chip on the shoulder things. I think that's more important as it comes to, yeah. That I just mentioned that Chad about Cincy Reigns. Um, so so give him money. Yeah, the, the fact that he understands that. But I, you know, I just thought the exchange was funny, Brent. That's all. I know, it, but I I just think that's more of a situation because Rick Minter had a long post that he posted that was sent to me, and you know, I I, I think he pointed out well. He said, you know, I have connections at App State and. And everything and they said that he built a program there. He sustained a program that was built on kind of the same morals of what of what Coach Fick brought into UC when he took over. So I I think it's more of a yes, like like a safe hire, if you will, but one that can kind of just keep the ball rolling and keep things heading in the right direction because you know you aren't you aren't making that that splash hire like we said, but it's like a high floor, you know, undetermined ceiling instead of a, a, a really high ceiling but a pretty low floor as well. Yeah, I agree. That's a good point. But uh, Aaron, let, let Aaron, well, I'm, I'm going to leave. I don't, <laughs> I'm happy to have Aaron back as well. Me too. I missed him. But Aaron, as far as it goes with, you know, I'm sure you were able to watch the press conference and whatnot with coach Satterfield. It seemed like it was kind of just a, a, a professional, you know, kind of like he had been in those press conference situations before, like he knows how to continue and sustain a program after, you know, I, I mentioned it before taking over at App State. I, I mean, Jerry Moore is known as the greatest coach in Appalachian State history. And Luke Fickle is the greatest coach in Cincinnati history. So, yes, they're different situations as far as level of, of talent, level of competition, but – as far as taking over a program and continuing to roll in the direction, do you see any of those connections there? And then the Louisville thing happened. And remember, the Louisville thing, he took over, what, in 2019 at Louisville. Well, guess what happened in 2020? It, it was COVID. And Ryan, I mean, I, can you imagine, a, like, a first-year head coach yeah. taking I over? I pass on that one, yeah. I know what you mean. And then the very next year, you, you're hit with COVID, and you've got yeah. to figure out, how you're going to continue to build your side of a program and get your new recruits implemented into the program while working out from home and not knowing if you're going to even have a season that following year. So um, a, lot of, a lot of different things going on there. But but Aaron, just kind of 
kind of touch on your, your thoughts because you know obviously Satterfield isn't that big splash hire, but I think he has a good chance to continue to keep the ball rolling of what's going on right now in Cincinnati. I think it it's really going to come down to how he navigates this very large pool of money he has available for his assistants, who he brings in, who he retains, um, and what they're able to do very quickly in regards to the transfer portal and um, before it's time for the um, letters of intent to be signed, what, next week? Um, so the, the the window is small. Um, so I know you say he has a very good chance to keep the ball rolling. I disagree. Um, I, I don't know that there's a very good chance. I think he has a chance to keep the ball rolling. Right. Well, I don't yeah. know. I, I don't know that I'd go so far as to say it's a very good chance. I think that the time constraints, especially after losing a whole day of the portal being open today, due to the dog and pony show that you have to do when you introduce a new head coach to the fray, um, it, it's a lot to to ask to continue to keep the ball rolling. Yeah, yeah and you got that jump right into the the Big, Big 12. Twelve, right? So yeah. like our players that's a big jump for them and they also don't kind of have like a guide a leader right now you know coach combs is kind of stepping in but that's more just about the uh bowl game getting them ready to just go out there and be able to play saddie's boys so it's um that'll be interesting but am i am i allowed to just disagree with partial a point of something yes (laughs) you're such a King asshole Chad. <laughs> I, I don't think the, the portal opening today is as big a deal as like common conception. And I've seen this. This isn't an Aaron thing. I've seen this everywhere. It's going to be who you hire because let's not fool ourselves here. The portal opened a long time ago. It just wasn't public. Mm. Right. So it's going to depend on who your who your staff is how quickly you can assemble that staff. And I'm sure there's already two or three or four guys that he knows are going to be here with him that are already on the phones talking Cincinnati. But my point being, Ryan, when, when, when do you think the portal opened? month ago? Six portal, weeks ago? The portal's always open. Right? So a lot of these guys going into the portal already at least while they, while they don't – some of them already know where they're going. Most of them have an idea of who is going to be involved. And yeah. almost always that is based on past relationships from when you were recruited the first time. So your staff is going to be like, it, it, I guess what I'm saying is just the misconception of like, whether he was hired Saturday, he was hired today. That part only matters in um the 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 speed in which you're able to hire and get your staff in place because it's at least at the very beginning and, and what I mean by at the very beginning the guys going in now have known they're going in the portal for weeks months years <laughs> I know a basketball guy Ryan a basketball assistant he used to have a list of kids that were playing 16 and under and 17 and under AAU games in front of us that would be in the portal in three years. (laughs) That kid's been in two high schools. He's on his third AAU team. There's no chance he makes it through his freshman year wherever he goes. So he's really talented. 
keep an eye on him. And he did. He had a list and like tracked this, this junior, this sophomore going to be junior in high school will be in the transfer portal in three years. So these, these, it's a science. Like these guys know, and it wasn't the transfer portal then. It was just the kid was going to transfer. They know, like they've been talking to high school coaches. They've been talking to handlers. They're not allowed to talk to the kids. Um, So day one is, it's just different than like the way people see it. Like people think like coaches are just sitting there because what you can do when a guy goes in the portal, like his phone number is attached to his name in the portal. Mm -hmm. So coaches can just click and there's the kid's email. There's the kid's phone number. They're not cold calling at this point. Yeah. Now, maybe two or three weeks from now, if you haven't solved all your needs and a new guy jumps in the portal, maybe you're like, eh, I'll shoot that kid a text, see what's going on. But a lot of the stuff is the portal like tender and teams swipe right or left. Um, kind of. It's not a terrible analogy, kind of. It's like a portal where you know half of the girls, right? And you <laughs> and can also... Like, and you can open up the, the range to the right, entire country. Right, right. <laughs> um, it's a good analogy. It's not bad. I like it. I like it. But uh, just some kind of, I think that that space needs some clarification because I think I do think people just think like the portal opened at midnight and coaches just started like cold calling. Like it was, uh, Aaron, you've done this, the sales list where you – Here's A, call Aaron Adams. Do, 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 do. Hi, Aaron. Mine is, but like, that's, it's not, and it'll fun. get there. Not no, fun. it's not fun at all. It'll, it'll <laughs> get there. Like I said, as we get later, like down the road, when they don't have like as much of an idea on the guys that are going in, if they still have needs. But like today was about uh, like, a, like a dog and pony show, kind of, you know? I, I don't know if I've explained it all that well, but I think you get the gist of what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I, and, and I kind of agree. Yes. The, I think the main thing with the transfer portal is obviously if you have an established, you know, coaching staff who has those previous connections and whatnot, then it makes it a whole lot easier to, to navigate through the portal, but it also opens up opportunities to, to plug up, plug holes that might open by, these different, you know, movements of, of staff taking over this, that, and the other, because, you know, you don't have to just rely on last second, you know, high school decommits or things of that sort. You can easily plug a hole if, you know, say, say Jaquan Shepard keeps his name in the portal and does leave. You're able to kind of plug that hole with the, you know, with the cornerback on the roster that can move up or one that's in the portal out of the thousands of names that are already in there. So, um, one, Daniel, do not ever call a high school recruit. They are kids. Ever, ever, ever. Do not ever call a 17-year-old that you don't know. Uh, any idea why Ryan Coe is going into the portal? I, I don't know specifically, Paul. I haven't talked to Ryan. But what I would say is, remember, Ryan Coe was recruited here by Brian Mason. Like, Brian Mason was pretty much all the contact Ryan Coe had in regards to UC, uh, besides Case and Pfeiffer, and, until he got here. Now Mace is gone. Now his head coach is gone. Like I, I and and I guarantee you, with the leg he showed this year, yeah, been a whole bunch of guess. people on the phone with Ryan Co today. 
there's going to be a lot of programs across the country that have spots that we, that's what we did with Sam Crosa when we brought in Crosa in like an experienced guy who's proven that he can do it. Yeah. And he, he had an even better year at a bigger level. So, I mean, it makes sense. There's going to be maybe bigger schools or just schools in general trying to pull him out. So he must be hearing some stuff um, that's making him want to test the waters. So, I will say Louisville's got a kicker. He's a junior. James Turner went uh, – he's had a pretty pretty doggone uh, good, good – soccer had a good year last year, 19-21 on field goals, 35-36 uh, on extra points. So if that is something that sticks where, where, where Coe is gone and, and Coe became Mr. Automatic throughout the year, if, if James Turner had a good relationship with uh, Coach Satterfield, at Louisville, then, then who knows? You know, that's, is that that's, something they'd even test though? Think about it. like a kicker. Which right. might as well just if we have a good kicker where we're going, we might as well try to keep him instead of trying to readjust our old kicker to a new school or something. Right, right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I completely agree. But that's what makes I, me think that they're not like making him leave or anything. You know? Oh no, oh no, they're not yeah. making Co leave. But I'm just saying, if, if he enters the portal and he stays there. And, and James Turner doesn't like the new staff or something yeah. along those lines at Louisville, I'm pretty sure it's a, it's a pretty easy move for him to, to come across the river and just go right there to, you know, good old Cincinnati. But Uprights you know, are uprights, Brent. You just got to kick the are. ball through them. Just got to find the middle. Drew, of look, Drew, we're the captain now, and if you have something you like, we like, we're going to take it. I know you were ha-ha funny funny about UC hiring Scott Satterfield because you didn't like him. Drew's a friend of mine. He's a Louisville fan. I'm going to talk a little shit right now with the keg and nails game coming up in 12 days. If you got something we like, Drew, we're going to take it. And you're going to like it. Like the keg and nails. I did confirm with Satterfield the plan is to bring the keg and nails to Boston. I couldn't believe that story. What, that the they gave it to the, the manager? One of the managers just took it home? Yeah. The equipment, equipment, equipment guys. Yeah. Paul, I don't know if I can go to practice in fall camp. He's been hired for 12 hours. I don't know yet. We'll get there. I think we'll be okay. I do think we'll be okay. There you go. Um, a couple of things I thought was pretty funny was first off the, obviously the matchup between, uh, you know, Cincinnati and Louisville in the Fenway Bowl, which a few things about the Fenway Bowl, the last two seasons it's been canceled due to COVID. And uh, this year, obviously, is it, it, it's on, but neither team has a coach, pretty much. That would be a head coach that would be coaching in it. Um, it would be two, uh, two interim coaches. De- Deion Branch, who was actually one of my uh, friends growing up, was his next-door neighbor was Deion Branch. And so that was uh, it was always fun to, to kick it around with him. But anyway, uh Deion Branch versus Kerry Combs. How about that? Who, who would have thought That's, that? Yeah. <laughs> who would have thought that leading into the to, to the offseason? But anyway, um, also the the fact is that, and I'm sure, you know, Coach Satterfield didn't really think about it too much when he said he hasn't really broken down the the current roster for the Bearcats. But someone tweeted a pretty funny tweet online. It was like it was like, of course, you know. Coach Satterfield hasn't really broken down Cincinnati's roster because they're the next team that Louisville has on the schedule, which I thought was just kind of a chuckle. Obviously, it was a uh, a 
a bitter Louisville fan that I guess that's what their entire yeah. group has been has been thinking collectively about it. But um, Chad, one big thing that that came out in your interview with Coach Satterfield was the fact that he wants to keep Kerry Combs on staff. Uh, that's that's big time. So uh, it's from what I've heard, it's not going to be easy. Right. I I imagine that's the case. Um, would would you say hit Kerry? Walt, any other names that that just come off the top of your head that kind of work with that, you know, keeping things kind of with the Cincinnati culture tradition throughout the entire, you know, history of the program. Um, Obviously, Kerry and and, and Walt line up perfectly with that. But any other names that you think just off the top of your head that. I mean, Kerry and Walt, obviously, he hasn't met Walt yet, or at least hadn't. uh, when we talked to him this afternoon, I'm sure he's done a bunch of stuff today. Uh, Nate Letton will be another one, but I think he has a tight end coach that he's he's had for a little while. So I don't know if that guy potentially uh, is coming with him. That's you know we're, that's some, one of the things we're going to have to track. Um, we're still in the early early stages of that. Uh, we do think there's a pretty good chance Brian Brown and Pete Thomas uh, come with him. That's the the defensive coordinator and cornerbacks coach, and Brian then Brown, the quarterback yeah. coach is Pete Thomas. So yep. um, we think those guys will be with them. Not sure on Lance Taylor, his offensive coordinator. Um, you have to remember, I think like Todd. Thank you, R.I.P. Kirstie Alley. That's that's a sad one. She was very good Cheers. on Cheers. Very good on cheers and uh, has been around a long time. Uh, Daniel Burke, uh, Gino, I think is uh, probably gone. Money won't be an issue, Jeff. I mean, that's 7.2 is like 2 million more than, than Luke's assistant pool. So um, I don't think that the assistant salaries are going to be much of a concern. Yeah. I, I mean, that was obviously a big bump, but you see Satterfield was what? three three 3.4, which is, obviously down from what Luke was getting paid. Um, but it, it does get a $100,000 bump each year. So, you know, those things got to play out. It's all about money for Kerry. No, I don't think that. Where else would Kerry go? Tom, Kerry Combs is has coached a lot of winning football. He didn't say it's all about money, in all fairness. He, he did say, it. is it all about money? Yeah, is it all about money? I tried to say it as a question, I guess. Which it's written, guess, written as a question. I know, but um, I, I don't know that it's all about money for Kerry. I'm just saying Kerry is going to have options. He's won it when he was an assistant in Cincinnati. He won when he was an assistant at Ohio State. He won when he was an assistant for the Tennessee Titans. Like, that's a guy that has a reputation, one, as a, as a good coach, but two, as a great recruiter. So I just – I don't want people to think, like, you know, it's a it's an easy like no brainer. Like they're gonna have to work to keep carry. I think. I think it's one of the most important keeps they can have. Yeah, because I I mean you look back at the at all the uh, you know players on the team pretty much at Louisville right now and all the recruits that he, he brought in. It's a lot of you know North Carolina, Georgia, Florida, obviously that that whole South the the uh, California met connection that Chad mentioned. Um, you do get a lot of Kentucky in there as well. 
and then a handful of uh, of you know Indiana, Ohio, and and Michigan. So he's um, going to have to hire a couple guys on staff that are strong, right? In that three hundred mile radius that Luke Fickle talked has always talked about, and w- which I you know I, he had a fair amount of Kentucky you know players on this on his team, so I, I wonder if that's kind of a he he did he did a good job kind of reaching out to the region there in Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, so maybe it's just kind of a where he was located thing, and maybe you know he's going head to head against you know I will Pickle, tell you this though Pickle and his staff. Then it's kind of he kind of said, all right, well you guys kind of have Cincy under control. We're gonna work on just kind of trying to get Louisville under control in our recruiting in Kentucky is a lot different than recruiting Ohio. Everybody in the region is right. heavily involved in the state of Ohio, so. He's going to have to get a couple aces in Ohio. Not just – like, you can't get a couple jacks to recruit Ohio. You got to get a couple aces in your hand if you're going to go into Springfield. And- Unless you're playing Euchre, then you can have some jacks. Some, some, some good cards right there. <laughs> they are. The right and left. The right and left, the Bowers, baby. Um, yep. But, yeah, no, I agree, Chad. And, and obviously, that would be that'd be who Kerry Combs is. Uh he would be he would be the right bower, if you will. Uh, yep. Left bower would be another young up and comer. Um, I play poker, aces. Yeah, I got you. Uh, so <laughs> as far as like old coaches on other staffs, because I, I mean, I feel like 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 a reunion type feel. I don't know it, if he does bring in, you know, Brian Brown from Louisville as as is kind of reported, kind of take over defense coordinator. I think that would cover up a couple of uh, slots that people could see as like a former coach or former player that might be elsewhere. I don't know. I This is one of the more exciting parts for me is how, you know, these new hires fill out their staff and, and how things kind of – the trickle effect after that. So it will be something to watch. Go That's get, really taking go the, get the, the Wisconsin, D.C. Yeah. Uh, just got done saying how bad their D has been. Their D was second in the country in sacks and third in the country in interceptions this year. So they had a rough start the first couple of years. Their, their D was not great. Um, but they had a, a breakout year this year. Uh, and he said the one thing that I think Ryan will probably agree with. I think Ryan will agree with here. Their philosophy on defense is aggressive, aggressive, aggressive. Get after the quarterback. Force the issue. Don't sit back. Uh, it, it for them, their biggest problem at Louisville had been they were maybe over aggressive, where they gave up too many big plays. Yeah. Um, but I like hearing they're going to be aggressive and they're going to play downhill and they're going to attack because we've talked about this, Ryan. That that's when this group has been at their best is when they've been aggressive. Now I think we'll probably see a four man front. Um, they played a lot of four-two-five at Louisville. Maybe that'll change in the Big Twelve, where there's a lot. The most of the Big Twelve, like I, I love, we saw a lot. Like at the end of the year, they're going to have to play a four-man front in the Big Twelve. Almost everybody in the Big Twelve is three-three-five. Um, uh-huh. It's just, not, it's not true. Like football is going to three-man fronts because of the spread. But um, yeah, I, I just think defensively, I want to see them attack, Ryan. Yeah, I do too. Like that's we live on those havoc plays, um, but we managed to do it with giving up Without less explosives. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think you just got to realize how much defensive talent we we lose with Coach Fickle, Hitchler, and Mike Tressel 
um, you know, and Freeman the year before like that. Those are like some defense. Those are some really, really smart, really well developed and they're very good defensive coaches. So that's my biggest concern about this coach is his defensive resume and who he brings into coach defense. And I think that is what was going to, I thought that was going to be our biggest strength of the big 12 going into a conference that doesn't play defense. You have a, I thought that was going to be our biggest strength, being able to go in there and show them how to, how real defense is played. Um, And now it kind of feels like you're back on the square one with everyone else. So prioritizing, you know, football is simple. you got to score more than the other team. So if you have a good defense, it makes it easier on your offense. And prioritizing that and keeping the havoc involved, but still playing good, sound defense, no big plays, no explosives, that's what they're going to have to do differently and uh, to help us here at Cincy. Thanks for the donation, Nicholas. Uh, Nicholas asks, asks any word on what Gino is planning on doing. Finding another job, offensive coordinator, maybe a Mac head coach as these openings. Um, it's not going to be here. Yeah. Uh, so let's, let's page as well to, to the current team. Obviously, more names have trickled into the transfer portal throughout the day. Um, Jaquan Shepard being a big one. Uh, you know, a couple other. Uh, we, we've already mentioned Ryan Coe. Uh, but, Ryan, have you been able to, to kind of go in your little interweb of, of, of players on the team and whatnot and, and you know, you not throw out names or anything and kind of get kind of the pulse of, of what everyone is thinking with, with, you know, the new hire and, and – as new staff gets pieced together and kind of kind of what the feel is around that side of the program. Yeah, there's excitement. Um, they, they think this is a, a good quality coach. Um, they like the, like I talked to some of the offensive guys, like they like his offensive mind. Um, I think, and then defensive guys didn't really elaborate too much, but I think overall it's just kind of like excitement and they're not like worried. Um, you know, it's kind of like a new challenge. Um, I know there's a bunch of guys who are using this as a chance so they can reprove themselves. So overall, overall good, solid excitement. Nothing like panic, no like extreme jumping off the walls, so happy or anything. Also, like if you guys want to make sure we get to your question, uh, there's a little right below the chat, there's a little dollar sign you can donate. That way we can see the donation and get straight to it. The chat is again moving uh, rather fast with 300 of you in here. So if you want to make sure we get to it, the donation is the best way to do it. So the uh, obviously it was awesome seeing Dante Corleone slowly becoming the trailblazing leader of this, of this, you know, current team on, on just, just, I, I saw someone tweet at Dante saying like, you got to get out of here, out of there. That coach is trash. And Dante just tweeted back all in. So it's just like, you know, it, it seems like there are just a core of them that are kind of banding together and saying, hey, you know, as, as you mentioned, Ryan, just the, the ability to kind of prove themselves yet again with, with, with new staff and new opportunities. But also, did Chad, did you get the sense just kind of around just hanging out, at, not hanging out, just talking with Satterfield today that those players that have put their name in the portal and the 
the recruits who have decommitted that were previously committed to the Bearcats. Do you, do you, do you feel like that will be a priority to try and rebuild that relationship back? Or do you think it's more of a, we got to continue to just look for who wants to come in and who wants to be a Bearcat? I mean, you'll meet with guys and, and, you know, you'll, you'll have guys that you definitely are like, look, we want, we want you around. Um, but you can't, you can't waste time swimming upstream. Right. Like you have to be able to pretty quickly evaluate. Is this guy open to coming back or is his mind made up that, you know, he's going to test the waters and see what else is out there. So it's a fine line. Um, you're just going to have to be quick on the trigger to figure out like this guy is all in. These are the guys that are all out. We have to find the guys in the middle that we want to keep. Cause I'm sure there's a lot of guys in the middle that you might not want to, you know, that don't fit your scheme. Don't fit your system. Aren't the type of guys that you're looking for in your locker room. Um, and I don't think there's many of those. As Ryan knows, it's a pretty good locker room. Yeah. You know, there, there's always a couple room. knuckleheads, right? Like, yeah, yeah. That's just the nature of percentages. Yeah, Dealing 130 with 130 guys, guys 80, 80 of them on scholarship. There's going to be a couple knuckleheads here and there. Um, yeah. But you have to kind of sort through and think, okay, like, this is a guy we want. This is a guy we don't. Um, and you know what's what's wild is, is sometimes those, those reads are wrong, right? Like, We've talked about this famously on this show before. They weren't all in on James Wiggins for like a year because mm-hmm. he smiled too much, right? Like that that was the whole, like they, they thought that they eventually or affectionately earned the nickname Smiley, but they didn't think he was as serious as they wanted the guys to be. Yeah. Yeah. That's That's also the nature of like, Football guy, right, Ryan? Meathead. Yeah. Yeah. That guy smiles too much. He's he's not about there. The intensity of Coach Fickle. Right. That motherfucker smiling whenever I talk to him. Get him out. Get him. Get him out. I just smile, Coach. That's not good enough. We don't (laughs) smile around here. Oh man. Well, I. You know, it's it's obviously going to be a a bit of a. a while until we start to see, you know, what this team forms together and, and who, you know, obviously moves at quarterback and whatnot. You know, Chad, I think on the board you mentioned that obviously there's a couple of, of quarterbacks that are in the portal that have been tied to Cincinnati. I think if they're being tied that quickly, that means that obviously could be Satterfield or whoever else, you know, maybe you know, obviously Pete Thomas or, or, or someone reached out to them um, rather quickly. Uh, is is it something along the lines of, you know, if if this new staff can get someone to to roll in with before kind of getting to know the whole team currently, they'll they'll add those players just to kind of I, I don't hit, know fill in the holes. It's been a day. We're just having discussion. Just discussion. Like I, I don't know the I don't have the answer to those things yet. Right. Right. Yeah. So I I, I don't know the recruiting staff. I don't know their. I don't have a history. To go on, you know what I mean? Like, like when we talked about the timeline for this coaching search and how it might play out, I had the basketball coaching search to go on. Right. And I said, here's how that happened. Here's how I think this will happen. Or at least if this follows that, like we know. We haven't dealt with with 
Scott Satterfield here here at Cincinnati yet in terms of being able to say, okay, this is how he handled things last year. Let's see how it evolves this year, and you can kind of adjust. Um, again, and, and the other thing, like we talked about, that depends on who you hire. Like you might you might start the interview process right, and you find a a linebackers coach that's like, I got, you know, I'm here. Uh, I'm recruiting to this school and I've got these three guys in the portal that are getting ready to commit. Uh, if you hire me, I can bring them with me to your school. <laughs> like that's, that's how this shit works now. Yeah. Um, especially like it used to be like freshmen. I can, I can deliver this guy to your recruiting class. Now it can be like, I can deliver this junior that started, a, you know, a year and a half in the sec. And then, you know, maybe that makes you, especially with that assistant pool, makes you a little bit more attractive. Makes you able to, all right, well, maybe we'll give this guy an extra $250,000 than what anybody else has given him to come here and and bring those three kids in the portal with him. Right. Yeah, well, I, I mean, you obviously saw Deion Sanders made a made a pretty quick splash with the – it's like the book of business that you bring if you're going from one company to the next. And, yeah. and, and nowadays it's going to grow even more, so – We'll see what happens. Um, obviously, the bowl game, that, that's another interesting side note. Uh, the, the two teams on the same sideline. I mean, Ryan, that's got to be one of the more strange things you've ever seen, right? Uh, having yeah. two teams both on the same sideline. It's, it's yeah. kind of, you know. Hilarious, Tom. I just learned who Satterfield was today, but I actually covered when he finished number two behind Luke Fickle in 2016. When he was last courted by the Bearcats. Yeah. Are, are you saying I'm wrong? That I, I'm not going to make judgments on how he runs the program at Cincinnati until I see how he runs the program at Cincinnati? Like, I don't think that would be fair to answer questions about what I don't know. So if I don't know, I say I don't know, and then I explain why. That's how we do things here. Fair. Go ahead, Brent. Oh, I, I was... I think Ryan was getting ready to say how weird it is. The, the sidelines. Oh, uh, it's – I just know our guys, they like to do a little talking, and I'm sure Lobo likes to do some talking too. So, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if there's a, if a couple big hits or or some, some shit talk on the field, if that will carry over, if they're going to have to get some, like, security in between to uh, prevent anything. <laughs> Are you upset he's not going? Royer? Um, I think it's the just safe to make play. it even more interesting. Oh, I would love you know what sure. you know what I would love if he would have said like, like just go all in on us and just say fuck it and just buy all the way in. I would love that, but you know I respect well, I think, his safe play though. It's understandable. I, I, what he said later is really why he's not going though. Right? You only have two official visit weekends between now and signing day. Yeah. So if he goes to that bowl game as somebody that's not going to coach, he's just going to go and like observe and watch. You're giving up an official visit weekend. Yeah. And you only get two before signing day. So like you said, like they're, they're going to have a party, I'm sure. And you know, they'll have the recruits and their families there and they'll have the bowl game on and they'll watch it. Um, But you know, 
yeah. going all the way to Boston is kind of going to kind of throw a serious monkey wrench in how much yeah. you're able to recruit uh, at this point. And we've all agreed that that's like the one thing that matters more than anything right now is, is getting this roster stabilized mm-hmm. quickly. Yeah. Which is the main thing with uh, like Cincinnati didn't imagine they'd be playing their bowl game on December 17th, which is random. Uh, you know, obviously one of the earlier bowl games. So I, I think it is kind of a blessing in disguise to have, you know, Carrie be able to go out and, and coach the team and kind of handle bowl practices and whatnot while coach Satterfield assembles uh, a staff enough where he can, gather people to go out and recruit and, and try and continue to build it up. But I, I do hope that under the, under the table, maybe he does slide like a playbook or something to his new team. I, I don't know if he's feels in, indebted to the players over there at Louisville still, but uh, you know, I, I'm pretty sure he, he has a good idea of what a game plan out of the Cardinals looks like, but who knows? We'll, we'll see. Um, I'm sure him and Carrie will talk, share some, Share some stories. About- I mean, the the line went sharp to to the Cardinals after the hire. Really? Yeah, it was like opened one point five Cincinnati. Now it's two and a half Louisville. Hmm. That's weird. Yeah, they think Louisville's three points better because their coach left to go to the the school on the other sidelines. I, it might have gotten to like even, and then it boosted up afterwards. I I don't know. It's weird. I agree. Who knows? <laughs> you going to the portal, Aaron? No, it's just been a long fucking day, man. <laughs> For everybody else to understand, Aaron's little one is not feeling well. So he's had a sick baby all day. And I shouldn't have yelled. I didn't even yell at him. I just disagreed with him in the beginning. You told me my opinion was wrong. <laughs> no, I just disagreed with it. I didn't tell you it was wrong. I, I, I said that commiserate levels of success that Scott Satterfield had been a lot more successful than Sean Lewis, which I, I don't know that there's much of an argument. I mean, with. in all honesty, I've I've done all I can NIL wise with Chad and Aaron. Gave him gave him a big NIL donation <laughs> over the you weekend. Did. We did, and yet, and yet here, yet here we are still squabbling. I mean, come on, guys. It's supposed to be one big unified group, but, uh, but yeah, no, I agree. It took, took me a long ass time to find this stupid image, but there it is: the Fenway Bowl Ooh. with the sidelines. Yeah, so there's the just like there's right no, there's nowhere over here for there to be sidelines. So one here and one there. It it just sucks because I wish they could have done like like one of the goalposts on the green monster, and if you kick it over the green monster, you get like an, an additional point or something, like a <laughs> like a Fenway no Bowl exclusive. Yeah, I think Coe probably could have done it. I mean, is he? Oh shoot! So Coe's probably not playing in the game. I mean, like I I guess the university can let guys in the transfer portal play, but if I was in the portal, I'm not playing. You imagine you're in the portal and like you you blow out a knee, yeah. And now once like once you go in the portal, the school that you're at doesn't have to take you back. They can just be like, eh. <laughs> There's your life lesson for you. Shit's tough. Like See you know, buddy. yeah. You you were gonna bail on us and now you blew out your knee and you want us to take you back. Like 
here's a uh, you can finish your degree, but you can't finish your degree on this football team. So if your intention is to transfer, I don't know how you play in the bowl game. Right. But but if if you do enter your name into the portal, but you you are leaving the options open type situation where you can come back and you know maybe you know Satterfield's in conversations with you and whatnot, then maybe you do play in the game. You know what I mean? And and it's kind of a long play by the player. I want to see how things go after signing day and whatnot. Um yeah. Because I, I mean, you saw that with the basketball team is obviously kind of different with the size of the rosters. But you know, when West came in, it, it was his first thing he did was meet, meet with all the players in the portal and uh, convinced pretty much all of them to come back. So, was it the um, was it the Houston game two years ago, Royer, where where Ben Bryant had entered the portal but was still the backup quarterback? Was that the twenty one AAC championship? Or the 20. So. It, would 20 have been the, it was the bowl game Tulsa, in 20. Tulsa and then the yeah. Georgia Peach Bowl. I think yeah. so, yeah. I think he was in the portal before the Tulsa game because you had to get your name out there. So yeah. You could, you know, uh, enroll yeah. and be ready to go at the, at the next semester. And then he played. He was there for the Peach Bowl, right? Yeah. So, yeah, he was in the portal but was available for the Peach Bowl. Like, that's up to the school and the kid, whether they want to do that or not. Um, it's rare. Like, if you're in the portal, you're really going to go back and, like, go through all the bowl practices and the game planning, and especially, like, if you're not a – if you're not a – like, I don't – don't get me started on the fans and their treatment of Ben Bryant and how much you see actually meant to Ben Bryant. Makes yeah. my blood boil, Royer. Makes my blood Makes boil a little too, bit. Man. I've had plenty of rants this season on this show about it. They want to they want to talk about Bearcats and people that love UC. And I'll tell you what, there ain't many people that, at least until this year, loved UC more than Ben. He really Same. did. He really did. Same. That's why he came back. Right? This year will we'll go down as one of the weirder years when it's all said and done, but uh, one where I, I mean, there's still, it's still a successful season, nine and three, obviously not as successful as you want it to be. Um, and, you know, you bring home the keg and nails and oh, 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 Mr. Super Sticker, Daniel. There Daniel. you go, Daniel. Dino, who just came back from five minute timeout, made a donation. Well played. And yes, Daniel, I did, I did play ball back in the day. Won a, won a state championship. Lost on a heartbreaker my senior year, though, uh, in semi-state. So, yeah, little little ball in my history. Um, but, yeah, uh, we'll see. It's uh, it's going to be a long process, obviously. I think a lot of people want some, want some quick uh, quick fixes, if you will. Um, I know I do, but it's uh, we'll see. As of now, it's going to be preparation for the bowl game. Um, you going to Boston, Brent? Probably not. I, if if it was going to be a game around New Year's, I was going to be able to go to it, but I'm flying out to Florida the very next weekend, so it's like kind of kind of hard to stack stack uh, trips on top of trips. And humble and brag. <laughs> what? <laughs> you go uh, to Florida I'm, too. Your family I'm, lives I'm down there. I'm busy going to Florida. I can't stack up these trips. <laughs> you go down to Florida too, though. That's just visiting family. That's that's all it is. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, 
who knows? Maybe a last second Boston with uh with the crew. Are you guys planning on going at all? Or I don't think I can because the the transplant is coming up. Kelly's got a bunch of testing and um stuff to do, and I, I just don't I it's the same kind of the same thing as Maui. Like, can I really be at this point in time with everything that's going on? Be you know, 12, 15 hours away. If something happens, I I couldn't live with myself. So right, right. For right now, I'm I'm kind of kind of grounded. But uh, we will have a watch party at the Holy Grail, December seventeenth, eleven a.m. And then will you so. leave early to to make it over to the LaSalle basketball game? No. Why? Well, because it, it's at 2 p.m. tip-off, so it's kind of a, quite a... Oh, 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 I thought you meant LaSalle High School. I was like, why would I be going to oh, LaSalle? No. The, the LaSalle-UC game, I might, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm guessing what I'll probably have to do is uh, do the first half at the Grail and then head up to campus. I wonder uh, if they listen. can request to the ESPN Plus people, can we push this back like two hours? Yeah, somehow? can we do this at 4 o'clock? I mean, I, they have before. Right. Um, so I just figured it out. Bridgetown Daniel, chill out. <laughs> I see Mr. Burkus. Danny figured B. it out. Mm-hmm. There we go. Chill out. There we go. He knows why. He knows why. Josh Wiley, LaSalle High School basketball legend. That's, I was like, that honestly, I was thinking, like, is Josh getting his jersey retired by LaSalle basketball? Like, why, why would I be going to the LaSalle basketball game? Right. <laughs> it's been a long week, man. Yeah. <laughs> You should have been like, you're not going to the UC game, and I would have like instantly picked up on what you were like throwing down. It's like, like I'm just gonna stroll into the, the West Side at the LaSalle game. <laughs> I'm putting myself in timeout. You guys carry on. <laughs> well, guys, uh, one question that was brought up to Satterfield. I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts. Uh, one question was, you know, if he thinks that fans' expectations should be tempered a little bit as far as record goes in his first season, first couple of seasons, because obviously the the level up in competition with the Big 12 and uh, this, that, and the other. And obviously he gave a very, you know, coach speak type answer where, you know, they want to win every game and whatnot. Um, so, you know, they don't really have that mentality of, you know, let's go in and try and just make a bowl type feel to it. But what is like realistically, and obviously we all want to just go undefeated and, and really hit hit the Big Twelve with a giant splash. But realistically, what are you expectation wise now that you know the coach is in, is in place? We don't know the team yet. Obviously, we'll re- touch on this again as the as the offseason really progresses. But realistically, uh, kind of just first thoughts with you know obviously with the new hire and whatnot. What what expectations, if you will, Aaron? We'll uh, start with you. As far as record goes, no, like just like oh. that question was asked. To Scott Satterfield. Well, Do you I, think fans need to adjust their points of view on wins, losses with this new step in the Big 12? I mean, I don't think it necessarily changes with the coaching higher than with with the 
Big 12. I mean, with the Big 12, I think right now, first year, the way things currently stand with Fickle leaving and the roster being question marks all over the place uh, until we see how the portal goes, how uh, what the recruiting class even looks like as more players decommit tonight even. Um, as I just saw, Nick Oliveira has, has decommitted. Yeah. Um, I, I think you'd be happy to get six and six right now. Um, but but I think that you have to expect those expectations to continue to build. I mean, you don't, you don't get a long leash here, especially with, I, I don't know. I, I still, like I said, it, it didn't, the hire didn't move the needle for me. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I hear that. Ryan? Ryan, it just makes me sick to my stomach just thinking about that, to be honest with you. Right. I know. <laughs> I'm kind of like kidding, but I'm not. It's like I'm. it just makes me sick thinking about everything that was done in this program. Now we're talking about like Should fans battling, battling to get fucking 500 now. Um, I think he need. I think he needs to have the expectation that there can be no drop off. Um, there needs to be a mindset that a confidence, a slight arrogance that I'm going to get the job done. I'm going to win just as many games. I'm going to win more games than Coach Fickle because mm-hmm. uh, that's the kind of we need that swag right now. We we're we're kind of. We're a limp dog right now. We just kind of got our ass beat. We're tr- we got to get back in the fight quick. We can't be settling for four and eight because once you go four and eight, you're getting your ass beat in a new conference. Getting back up to five hundred the year before that, um, it's just you can't dig yourself in a hole. We, we got to hit the ground running. I I know he believes that, but it's got to be important. Sticking with the culture yeah. and. It just you can't let, especially with the guy, you'll have like a mix of guys that will, that know how to win. And it's going to be that much like they, they won't really know how to handle going like five and seven, four and eight. God help us if that happens. So it's just my expectation. If we're over 500, I'll be happy. But I mean, it just hurts me even saying that. So we got to, right. I don't know. It's, it's an adjustment for me. I'm still trying to wrap my head around this, wrap my head around not having Coach Fickle and, you know, going to a new conference. So we got to get – we got to stress the importance from the jump. Can't get in the hole. So Yeah. Well, I and I like what Nick Lovett said. Uh, mentioned, obviously, Sonny Dykes goes from SMU where, you know, Cincinnati stopped them and they stopped their television show that they had on ESPN – right afterwards and as a result he then goes and takes the tcu job and now he's playing in the college football playoff so you know it, it's it's something that could that can still happen and the players that do decide to stay at cincinnati they're all winners and, and that's the main thing is just having you know we we've said culture quite a lot but the culture of winning is a real thing you know you can say culture this culture that but winning is is different above all all else so if if you can keep a good core of those those players that know how to win know what it takes to win and then add talent needed, then I, I'm i right there. I'm, I'm optimistic all the time. I think you know, I'm on Ryan's side as well. I, it's just all about winning and do what it takes to win and go go forward with that. And that's why, that's why I did like what uh, what Satterfield said. He said, we want to win every game. You know, where, where some people might say, you know, we're just 
trying to become better, better humans. We're just trying to become better, better people. And not uh, at this level, winning right. fixes everything. Yeah, yeah. So that's a that's the main thing. So we'll see, we'll see as uh, as Satterfield right down here, right right beneath me, gets ready to take over and uh, continue this strong movement toward as. I mean, Cincinnati, that's a, that's a winning, winning program. And one that has, they showed the graphic, I saw it tweeted a couple of times that, you know, Cincinnati has eight, 10 win seasons since 2010 or something like that. And, and Louisville had seven all time or six all time. So this is a winning program. And, and it's one that can continue to keep the momentum going forward. And uh, you know what? Get the players in, get the staff in, get recruiting. Get your scheme in, and uh, we'll see what happens and, and develop the players in a long shot as well. Um, let's see here. Uh, just I, can't I give can't. an inch to to losing culture. You can't at that. You right. can't accept losing. We can't accept losing as fans. Um, you know that's just going to holding uh, our coaches, our players, you know, accountable to a winning culture. That's what you need to just keep the pressure on because that's in the end, it's going to make everybody better for it. So. I I can't like I I can't stomach going six and six, and I think that's a good thing. I don't think we should be sitting back and be like, let's give this guy time, let's give this guy time. Obviously, we're not going to be like jackasses about it and be like, fire him next year. But you know, it should always be about winning. It shouldn't be about let's take a two year gap of, and get our asses beat for two years. Like that's good for nothing. So keep the pressure on, have high expectations, and always support them. So yeah, so I I think. Uh, as well is is just the, you know the, the Big Twelve momentum is still there. Um, it's still you, you know you get the feels the NIL initiative and since Reigns opened up that's that's still another forward momentum thing. You know and, and it's just the nip's going to be rocking. It's going to be a chance to continue to, to to build on what has already been established with Fick. And you know when when Fick took over it was a four and eight dumpster fire type situation after Tuberville. I, and this is the furthest thing from that. So. Continue to keep pushing and continue to keep winning. Do what it takes to win because a lot of players on the team will know what it does take to pull out these games and pull out these wins. Yeah, and we, ah. we don't we don't have like the type of players we had under um, uh, coming in with Luke's first year. So I don't think it's the same kind of situation. You know, we have a winning culture. Like all those guys are back. We're not trying to weed out some of the like just terrible culture we had because of Tuberville. So I, I think there is, let's be patient. Yeah. You have some argument there, but at the same time, it's, we've built all this for a reason and it's all still there. So we're not just going to surrender to the, to the shit show of Tuberville and be like, Oh, it'll be normal to go for it. No, it won't be f fucking normal to go fucking for an aid. Like that pisses me off a lot. And I don't want any, any bit of that team to think that it's going to be okay to go out there and drop games like how we used to, because they all have been a part of winning. They know what it takes to win. They know the culture and a new coach is going to come in. We got to try to hold him to that standard. And that's bottom line, in my opinion. Dave, are you uh, filling in for Chad? Is Chad out or <laughs> no, I don't think so. Uh, well, what's going on? Did you finish? The uh, multiple hours of, of uh, Satterfield tape that you've been able to watch. No, I've not watched any. <laughs> what are your uh, your thoughts? Obviously, you were on the, this morning with Chad. Well, as you as you take the full day, dissected everything. What's the feels now? 
Yes. First off, I need to answer Daniel's question. I do know John Ledford. We went to high school together. Um, so I don't, I, whenever I respond, it comes in as Bearcat Journal, uh, not me, not Dave. So I think because I signed in on the Bearcat Journal account or what, uh, whatever. But um, I don't know. I'm... I'm just kind of like right down the middle on it. Like, I think it's a good hire. I think we won't know if it's a great hire or a bad hire until you start playing actual football games. Yeah. Um, I think the more I've kind of looked at the whole situation on the whole, I to me it ended up being a pretty shallow candidate pool. Um, you usually have one or two pretty substantial group of five candidates. Luke was one of those, clearly. Uh, <laughs> ended up being one of those. And I think, you know, I think John Cunningham went with safe. I don't see the, I, I don't see it the opportunity necessarily for like the truly bad, but I don't know if I see the opportunity for like the truly uh, extraordinary either. I, you know, I think it's, uh, yeah, I think he relied heavily and especially on power five um, experience. experience. Yeah. And, I understand it. I may not have done that personally. Like I think your variances with some of the other potential candidates were greater, but I think you maybe had an opportunity to uh, have something really, really good happen because that person was coming into a situation where they were just dealing with so much more resources, so much more attention, so much more everything that would have could have elevated them. Mm -hmm. You know, whether that be an assistant, whether that be a Mac head coach. Um, hey, Ed. Uh, what, did, what did Daniel? Is he a bum? No, John Ledford was. I have not talked to John in a long time. He was not a bum when when I knew knew him. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just think you know there's things about Scott that I really like, but then there's things that I will need to see. You know, I'm sure you guys have touched on a lot of them. Recruiting the state of Ohio, recruiting the city of Cincinnati, definitely. Yep. You know, you can say you want to do those things, but you still have to produce. Right. Um, you, you know, I think a lot of coaches say they want to do certain things and then they fall back onto their bread and butter. They fall back onto their relationships that they already have, which is a lot easier than trying to make new relationships. Um, but I also think that, you know, he's got some organizational and some experience in that level that, um, it will give him a head, a, a 
a good starting point where other candidates probably didn't, and especially when it comes to going into the Big 12. And I think it is a bonus to have someone that's been at the Power 5 level, been fairly successful, nothing extraordinary. But again, I mean, they were, Louisville was awful, and his best year actually was his first. Can we stop this? Stop what? The whole, like, everybody now, like, if they don't like the hire, oh, it's Tuberville. Oh, Oh, they just hired Tuberville again. (laughs) It's the laziest shit. I've I've seen it all week. It drives me absolutely insane. Anybody that's been similarities. No, there's anybody that's been a head coach for more than like six weeks. If their name came up, oh, another Tuberville. Here we go with Tuberville again. If they're over 40, one, they're a man because they're 40. And two, automatically, oh, here we go. Got a Tuberville vibe. What about? What about this guy gives you a Tuberville vibe? Yeah, I don't see that at all. It's just got to be age. I Because, I mean, I, not even he's, old. 49. he's 49. I know he's 49, but I'm just saying, like, like people will just look at him and he's like, oh, this I is mean, the, the Tuberville, I mean, and I'll be the first one to tell you, I, I was excited about Tuberville because well, I think everyone was. Yeah. It seemed that it was like a, a diff, you know, a movement away from <clears throat> what we had done so many times before. And I don't, fault them for trying that i fault in hindsight it's obviously easy to say those things uh in hindsight having about a 24-hour search and and helping your friend out uh was was more of the issue to me and you know after we after we found out exactly what happened and what didn't happen with the search um but you know there, every it felt like every candidate that we knew of, and I'm sure some that we didn't still don't know of and won't know of. <clears throat> there, there was no slam dunk, there was no grand slam, there was no like to me at least. There you was know. no, there was no Luke Fickle, one might say. I, but, but on the day, Wisconsin, they, everybody said Wisconsin had a grand slam with Luke Fickle. That's the reference, I'm yes, yes. But the day but Luke was hired, but though. that is because of what Luke and the team and everybody did in his time here, right? Because when he was hired by Cincinnati, that was somewhere kind of just like I can talk myself into it. Sentiments surrounding Luke joining the Bearcats type thing. It, so it was, it, like, like, that was a home run. Yeah. You were, you know, John was having to probably have two things pulling at him at the same time. Do I value? Head coaching experience a lot, or do I value recruiting in the state of Ohio a lot? And which one of the, and I just think, and I thought this when it all started, I just thought that the head coaching experience was going to win out. And when he had the opportunity to hire someone with power five head coaching experience, I think that ended up winning out over the Mac head coaching experience and Maybe the also the possibilities for coaching staff versus what the Matt guys had based on their career, you know, their career trajectory. Yeah, I and I mean, I guess it, that part of experience is it's like Satterfield's already done the Mac level type coaching, 
and he he passed that test, and then he's gotten the, the the Power Five experience as well on top of it. You know what I mean? So it's like he he was that Mac coach that they were looking at four or five years ago, or six years ago even when when he was getting looks by Cincy. So yeah. I do want to get back to a paid-for question here. Uh, how happy were you, Dave, when Coach said <laughs> they would be multiple on defense? Oh, it's it's one of the top press conference cliches. You know, it's the we're going to be multiple on the de- offense. We're going to be aggressive on defense. Uh, the other one is always my wife's the real boss of the family when they do the introductions. You know, that's a big Southern coach thing is to be like, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to thank my wife. She's the real boss of, yeah, the real boss of the family and everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it was it was fine. Um, Ryan, I do want to ask you a question. Yeah, what like it was? It was interesting. John mentioned that he um, asked the players. I don't know if you saw this or heard this, like ask the players what they like, if they had some keywords or characteristics on a new coach, what, what would they be looking for? And like from a pure player's perspective, if you were asked that, what are some things that, that you, you would have said? Um, Intense, competitive, passionate, loyal, those would be the first ones that jump into my mind. Yeah. I just, I just, I number one. I think that was the best thing we had going. Competition, competitiveness, top down um, on fickle staff. So and that's why I kept I, – I was going on that big tirade about, like, not losing when you go to the Big 12 because it's kind of just, like, what's been ingrained in my and, like, the guy's head. So I would hate to see, you know, them forfeit that over – to some bullshit losing mentality. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I want me to, which is why I, I mentioned the Rick Minter post. I think, I, I don't know. It looks like it was on Facebook, but it was sent to me. Did you see this at all, Dave? How he just mentioned that. I didn't you know. Kinda, it, Rick went on. It's, it's a long post, so I'm not going to read the whole thing. But <laughs> it, it kind of was just mentioning that, you know, the culture established at Appalachian State has withstood the test of time, beginning with Jerry Moore passing down a number of guys and, and mentioned how it was, you know, taken over by Scott Satterfield and how he was able to kind of, you know, tr- make the transition. And he had the tough, physical, disciplined, creative with his coaching staff and with his coaching, recruited the type of players that fit their culture and developed them physically and mentally, which sounds an awful lot like what Fickle did during his time here as well. So, yeah, I love you know, hearing that, which, which is like, I, Yes, the whole Louisville thing, you can't gloss over the Louisville tenure. And his, his overall record there is, is not one that you want to, you know, put on a on a poster and, and really talk about. But um, I, that, that's a hard time to coach. In 2019 leading into 2020, and, and your first recruiting class is that 2020, and then you got to learn to recruit during the COVID season as well. It's just that whole thing I feel like is really tough for – a new yeah. staff to, to really walk into. So that's why I think you, you do look at what he was able to do at Appalachian state a little bit more. And then look at the fact that, you know, even, even this past year, I think it, it, he was getting kind of written off at, at Louisville throughout the first couple of weeks and how, you know, they're out of conference was a gauntlet and he really struggled through it. But 
then look what they were able to do throughout the latter half of the season, string together a lot of wins, uh, become bowl eligible. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of people were calling him kind of just like a sitting duck, ready to ready to get fired and and bring in Jeff Brom. So, yeah, I kind of, that shows a lot of you know a lot of oomph within him, a lot of a lot of gonads, if you will, to to step up to the talk surrounding him and, and lead a team to victories. So I think, yes, you, you can't just look at a broad look of, of records. You got to kind of dive into the story a little bit more and maybe take a closer look at what he was able to do at App State than, uh, than kind of what Louisville was like. Yeah, and I also just think sometimes you get to places and it's just not the right situation. And I'm not saying that that, has any effect on your data, you know, how you coach and, and what your record is. But I think it's, it seems fairly clear, at least to me, that something just didn't click with him at Louisville. Right. Um, you, after one year, you usually don't start looking for other jobs. Um, it's just not a super typical thing that happens. And, I don't know if it's he just took that job because I mean, and this happens all the time. I mean, you get that offer, you've got to take that job if you're at App State, right? And maybe he got there and he was like, "This just isn't for me." Um, and so that's when he tried to go to the South Carolina job. And then I don't necessarily begrudge their fans for having the opinion that they did, like. I'm sure our fans and most fans. This fan base would have lost its damn mind if a coach after one year tried to get out. But I I, I also think, Dave, like there has to be some legitimacy to I didn't realize how bad Bobby Petrino left this place. He left it bad. I think there's there's definite legitimacy to that. Really bad. There's probably, you know, the whole Jeff Brom thing hanging over your head is probably not an easy thing to deal with. Um, Especially after you pissed everybody off right they away. Want, they wanted him. They didn't get him when they hired you. Right. Right. And then you pissed everybody off your first offseason. Right. With the South Carolina. And, and not being honest about it either. Right. Like. So what did, yeah. So what did you, what did you learn from that? You know, Louisville and UC are very, very similar schools, locations, things yeah. of that nature. So if- we agreed that they should put new signs up on the road that somebody posted on the board today. Cincinnati, it's Louisville, but better. Yeah. But like if, if something didn't vibe or didn't click in that situation, there's a lot of the same things that are here. Now the, the people are different the leadership is different. The schools are different or the boosters are different. The, we don't have a Jeff Brom legendary Cincinnati family coach looming, but like we're urban. We're a lot of the same things. And he is more of a, you know, he coached in Boone. He's a North Carolina guy. Like, so if, if that's part of it, then there's going to be a lot of the same issues. Yeah. If that's not part of it, if it was purely like, man, this is just a, not a great situation. I don't want to be here anymore type of thing. Um, then that's different. But, yeah, I mean, he's going to have to take pieces of what Coach Fickle did. He, I mean, 
you don't hire some more than just Kerry Combs with Ohio ties, then it's not going to work. You don't have to hire nine assistant coaches with Ohio ties. You need like, two, three? Two or three at least. Yeah. Um, but, like, if you don't do that, it's not going to work. We know, like, you can take things from other coaches that have been successful and still be yourself and still run your program. Mm -hmm. We know that having a heavy emphasis on uh, Ohio, Indiana, Michigan, Illinois, whatever that might be, is important. It helps this program. So how do you merge that with your Georgia, Florida, California stuff? You know, yeah. this program has been built, especially when Luke Fickle was here, on certain principles. Some of those should stay, but some of those are going – like, it's his program now. He's got to run it the way that he feels fit to run it. Yeah. So, you know, I think the recruiting thing is the biggest piece. Um like, I think he can coach offensive football. But going to the Big 12, we we saw this year, they have to improve the talent on this roster. Whether that's through the portal, whether that's through high school players, it has to improve. Yeah. If you don't want to take some unrealistic dip the first year, like, they're – Anyway, you slice it. Like, there's going to be a transition period, but but what is that? Is that a season? Yeah, who knows? I think we have good talent on this on this team. I think we're one Jake Renfro away from a maybe two losses, maybe all three losses being wiped off the board. Uh, that's a hot take on my end, but I I can I would stand by that. I think that had a big impact on our offense, and I think that it has. I, I do think that we would have won two, if not three, of the losses we have. But I I think we have the talent. I think we had the talent even more before, and we had the ability to find guys and develop them really well. And I think, you know, we kind of lost. We lost Fickle. We lost Brady, and it's going to be hard to it's going to be hard to replace. Um, but you also have to stress on like. I know everyone's all really big on the NIL and recruiting that he brings. If he can bring, is that same energy going to be there from, you know, we got Cincy Reigns, we keep pumping them up. Like we need them. Like we need that same kind of energy that they had at Louisville with our, with our boosters, with our NIL, our recruiting. And, and it's going to come down to like coaching ball and developing men in the weight room. Um, Cause that like, I don't know. I just, I just, you know, we, we get so excited. Oh, he's going to be a better at this, better at that. Um, but it needs to be about who, who how he's going to put together 22 guys that can go win football games and we can make every excuse for him in the book um, for what happened at Louisville. Um, but he's got to put together a staff and get to work I'm, and can't accept losing in any fashion. I know I just keep it just keeps flashing through my head over and over. <laughs> I don't think anybody's saying you're gonna accept losing. 
It's just like the oh, Big Twelve. Let's go four and eight, and I year mean, two it goes six and six. I just think that's setting us up for setting him up even for a rough tenure here. It's hard to dig yourself out of holes when you get losing in your first couple of years because it'd be harder to get recruits. It's be harder to keep year. energy. Yeah, we did in one, one year. I know. You like, should have lost I, 11 games in year one, Royer. I know, but that's saying one in 11. It that's saying that that coach, um, coach Satterfield is the same as Coach Fickle, and we don't know that they don't have to be the same, they just have to be successful. The same, yeah, the same level of success within them, and that's big shoes to fill. And we it's can't got like assume, my visor. Yeah, Timmy, thank you for the five bucks. Did Scott like my visor selfie? He, I guarantee, he did not see my visor selfie. <laughs> he does not sit at home at night and scroll through my Twitter feed like the old coach. <laughs> did I tell you, Royer? That's what? that's that's how I found out. What I didn't hear last last night, right before my head hit the pillow, I got a text from uh, some guy whose name kind of rhymes with Dick Trickle. And told me to keep my eye on Satterfield. And then I woke up this morning at 7.30 to a phone call that it was Satterfield. There you go. Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be Duke Trickle? Duke Trickle. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> Duke Trickle. Uh, Ryan, are you doing the carnivore diet? diet? Is, that, is that straight beef broth that you're downing over there? Secret. I'm not telling anyone what it is. All right, we'll talk off there. We'll talk off there. Uh, you a you a visor guy, Dave? No. We got Dude, BCJ. I, we got well, BCJ visors coming. You look bold, like Tom Bolden for some bold, reason. Bold, bold people do not wear visors, <laughs> right? That, you guys need like the, the protection on top. Reason for a hat for the bald people. No, yeah. my, dude, I used to have a, a sick Cincy visor. It was it was red like that, but that had like the Jordan sign on the side. The Bearcats on the back, see Paul right there. Oh, it was nasty. And it was like one of those like fitted, stretchy ones. And then I don't know. I probably uh, a cra crazy night out and I lost it. And Duke Trickle and Scott happened. Satterfield do not have the same agent. So no. Is uh is Satterfield a Jimmy Sexton guy? No. No. I think I think it's a CAA guy, C but not CAA? Trace. It's a different guy at CAA. Yeah, well, it's Luke CAA. I thought we was Trace. Because I saw a picture of him. Let's see. There was a picture of him who was wearing a CAA t-shirt. Whatever. They might be the same agency, but different agents. Right, for sure. Um, it's wild that this all happens. And, of course, it's, cr it's cross-down shootout week as well. So I'm, I'm sure you guys will dive into that pretty heavy on the BCJ pod uh, and kind of roll a little bit more on that. But uh, I don't I don't know what we're going to get to Wednesday because we should be joined. I know we will be joined by John Cunningham. And I believe we will also be joined by Brian Fox talking some since he rains since he rains. Let it rain. I haven't uh, told Brian that yet. So if that is Brian running the. Uh, since he rains account that's been in here, Brian, eight o'clock Wednesday, you're on the podcast. <laughs> Lock you know. it in. 
free advertisement, much needed advertisement, if you will, um, for good old Cincy Reigns. But uh, let's see here. Are we we done glossing on this? We ready to, to, to do a little basketball into the mailbag real fast? Oh, yeah. By the way, Dan, please don't stream of conscious the feed while we're talking to John Cunningham. We might have to turn the chat off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh for sure. Yeah, I thought that was a given. I don't need to see any of the, the comments. Well, so, some, some of you need help. Or is there is there any way you can make John not able to see the comments? Or once you're in, are you are you comment worthy? I mean, they're no in the room. What? Like, I think I have to go to YouTube and Twitch and turn the comments off. Yeah, hundred percent. Because I don't know what some of the people might say. All right, boys. Well, I will. Uh, I'll talk to you later. Dave. 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 What? Did I, did, I, did I miss anything else good that you guys talked about? Thanks for your contribution. Did you, did you break man. any break any other news or anything? Uh, oh yeah. Well, so is those rumblings on on Twitter today? Is that did that make the the apparel deal uh, open on the uh, forefront, if you will? Dave doesn't. Are, are you asking that. me? I well, <laughs> like open ended, open ended to to Dave or yeah, or Chad, signing, if you will. signing with Puma. Okay. Yeah. Let's there go. go. New Balance. I like that. New Balance? Okay. Hit, so, hit, hit I'll, up Kawhi I'll, Leonard. Dave, go to bed. Okay. Bye. See ya. Um, I'll address that a little bit. Uh, do I think UC is in talks with Nike? Yeah, I do. Do I think a deal is done? No. Do I think a deal is guaranteed to be done? No. So essentially you have a Twitter account that's not a reporter, that's not in the media, they get wind of the rumors that are going uh, around. Is that all it was? Because it seemed like I saw a lot more about it on my on my feed than, than normal. Well, so all it takes it. is one place to say it. Yeah. It catches on, and then everybody else, I know the Barstool guys jumped on it. Like, look, it's it, like the rumor is one of the worst-kept secrets like of the past six months. <laughs> Like, everybody's heard the rumor. Right. Do I think it's possible that, that UC goes back to Nike? Yep. Do I think it's possible it doesn't happen still? Yep. So that's why you've not seen me report that UC is going to sign with Nike. Right. Thanks for the donation, Justin. We appreciate it. Um, he also asks... Uh, immediately after, are we worried he's not going to be able to hire assistants for the higher ties? I assume it was talked about in the interview, right? Been hearing this takes a couple times. He's got a lot of money. He better That's be cool. able to hire assistants with Ohio ties. That yeah. that assistant pool is real big. So yep. go get it done. Yeah. I, I, I. Um, Adam, that's how you get timed out around here. <laughs> uh, so basketball <laughs> real quick. Obviously, uh, Two wins last week. That Bryant game on Sunday was fun. Bryant, man, that it, it, you know you, yeah. you feel you feel for their basketball program, man. All the the all the illness going on around there. I, I one guy's it, in the ICU. Yeah, I was like, what? What, what is happened? Going on? I I don't know. Um, Apparently, it was some like viral bug. deal that went through the locker room. Huh. But look, I feel terrible. That they had a player that had to spend time in the hospital. They also had like six of their top eight guys on the floor. Yeah. So yeah, that I mean, wasn't 
that wasn't a four point game. No. Well, that like if we just had this guy, that game may have been different. They only had one starter out, which was Earl Timberlake, right. and he's like the third leading scorer. So uh, when I heard six are out, I kind of was like, oh gosh, who are the six out? Um, immediately hopped on and I hit my bookie as well. But uh, yeah, aside from that, it, it seemed like it was just more of a uh, really good showing on the Bearcats end. Um, Chad, I don't know how much you you and Aaron dove into this last night, but man, it seemed like it was it was a fun game to watch and and, and be at. It seemed like it was a uh, really showed out that you got young players blossoming, which is what you want to see. Uh, two players getting double doubles, first time since you know Nasir Brooks and, and Trey Scott did it uh, back in I don't forget the exact year, what 2018 or something like that. So um, yeah, it looks like the the, the team is putting together, uh, you know, what what it takes to to, to kind of push forward. And I keep on talking about slow slow momentum building performances. And I feel like this was this was one where they kind of took the top off and, and started to really put things together. So here's the thing. With the injuries to John Newman and uh, Rob Finnessy, this is going to accelerate – the need for Dan Skillings and Josh Reed. Right. Which means the ride is probably going to be a little more volatile. But. But those two kids can play. You can see Josh Reed's rebounds. It's it's not like he just lucked into getting, you know, nine, ten boards. Well, nine Dan, boards. Dan has three rebounds a game where his elbow is in everybody else's hands. Is. Right. Right. But I'm saying Reed's not. Does, no, he, he doesn't he, have the athletic he knows ability. positioning. Yeah. It, it's all IQ with Josh Reed. Right. Josh right. Reed's game is IQ. Right. And then I, you know, it's it's refreshing to see the scoring spread out as much as it was in that game. I, I mean, Vic Locken obviously is becoming a uh, a big time player for the team and slowly continuing to develop. You saw Sage Tolentino get some time. Jarrett Hensley. Did, yeah. Did Sage Tolentino burn his red shirt. Uh, the traditional red shirt. Yes. He can if no he longer hurt. get a traditional red shirt. If he gets an injury, an injury red shirt is available, uh, a medical, like a medical hardship waiver or whatever. But uh, with basketball, if you play one second, if you go to the scorer's table and they buzz you in, your red shirt is out. A la uh, Mamadou Diara. I kind of like this visor look. Like I might have to give it a try in the summer. Mm-hmm. It doesn't block as much for recording purposes, does it, Aaron? I feel like my eyes, like it's up here and not as much down here. I think that largely has to do with your light. <laughs> no, I think it's because it's not a full hat. I can put it up a little higher. Like if I've got this on, you can't see. I'm sure thing. this makes for excellent podcast audio. A lot, You're a lot right here. You're so right here. cranky. It's true. Not right here and right here. Um, yeah, but yeah. So Sage, Sage showed, showed some. I thought pretty solid minutes. You know, obviously with he played the, five the, minutes. He was right. good in those five minutes. Yeah. So. Like we talked about last night. Like the Kalua has not been good enough. So you have to start exploring options. Yeah, the so option I, they explored last night was Sage. Can can Sage Tolentino help us? 
Aaron, right. Ryan, can you give Aaron a hug? He's cranky. Come here, buddy. Come on. Bring it in. <laughs> Brian, give him a kiss on the cheek. Can I get one? <laughs> <laughs> we already had our great hug, Brent. You got you gotta admit that was a good embrace. It was solid. One hell of a warm. Embrace. Just a felt warm right. embrace. Felt like I've been missing it my whole life. That you know, on a on a nice nip blackout, just for yeah. the record, Brian, the Bearcats were undefeated in games that we hugged. Yeah. Need to start hugging more. And didn't quite see <laughs> you on the sideline for the Tulane game. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was waiting to see you walk down the ramp and just kind of <laughs> cruise in again. The uh, the old undercover sideline pole. <laughs> I don't know if I'll be having any more of those. I, I was, was going to say, I wonder how, how often, yeah. My friends are so sad. They're like, now we can't sneak on the field with you. <laughs> it's like sorry, no more of that, man. It's all over. Who knows? Maybe. Um, but yeah, obviously a lot of a lot of dominoes will fall for football. But as far as basketball goes, I, big game on Saturday. I think obviously Fifth Third Arena gives gives a a big push to the team. And you know what? If shots are falling, who knows? We'll see. Uh, we'll see what can happen in that one. Uh, any any first little little quick thoughts as far as Crosstown shootout goes. I know a lot has happened, obviously, over the past week, and the whole basketball thing is is kind of you know we're we're trying to to rev it back up, but they've thrown together some wins, covered in a big way on Sunday. Um, now that that team from Norwood is up next uh, on Saturday, going to be a rocking house. Anything, Aaron? Thoughts? Excited? No, I'm terrified. Okay. So I, Ken Palm only has them as a uh, two-point underdog in this one. So uh, that's a that sounds a lot like a anything can happen type situation. That game. surprises me a little bit. It's a shootout. Anything can happen. And yeah, but right. I mean, the way they played this year has been better than how UC's played. Like I, I don't think there's any like that's not even a debate. They no. they played Gonzaga well. They 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 beat West Virginia. Like when you look at their resume, they played better than UC. Yes. Uh, what shitty Norwood player? It's got to be solely Boom, right? Like the new guy that like who the he hell actually, is this guy? He started the season off really strong from deep, and I, I mean hell, I'm looking at it right now. He's 16 of 31 from from long range, 51st in the country, making 51. I, and Colby Jones at 11 of 20. I, I mean, what they've got. Jeez, oh, Pete, that's a uh, Kobe Jones, Jack Nungy, Adam Kunkel, and Sully Boom all are shooting 429 <laughs> or higher with some volume from deep. So I thought you'd appreciate this comment, Ryan. It says, uh, I don't know, maybe you should shave and suddenly walk on freshman Brian Royer could work yeah. his way on the field. Took me five years to make a I name like for it. myself. I don't know if I got another five in me. I don't think my body would allow it. Brian <laughs> Royer. Just imagine 26-year-old Brian Royer. <laughs> Stetson Bennett dropping <laughs> yeah. the mic. Could be a uh, Heisman finalist your your senior season. About that. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, obviously a long week. Both teams are off all week. Uh, only game on the schedule for, for them is, is Saturday. So 
there will be plenty of coverage leading up to that, as well as the uh, continued build of Scott Satterfield and his uh, his time as as coach. Darren Darren Van Pearson. Darren, by the way, I I think I know you from back in the day, Cincinnati. Darren, just hop in the chat and say yes or no. The Young family. I I, I think we know each other, Darren. Way back in the day, Derek Young, my brother. Just just a simple yes or no. But go ahead with the question. Uh, he says, excited to see Sage play. We need consistent rim protection, and even at minimum, if he uses all five fouls to spell Vic, five fouls to spell Vic for 10 minutes and keep him fresh, that's a plus. Uh, thanks for the donation, Darren. I agree. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, just just the, the Houston approach, if you will. I, I mean, Sage is a big, big body out there. So, uh, you know, just using him. I, I mean, he'll go for rebounds. He'll he'll be there defensively, uh, battle, you know, protecting the rim and whatnot. So, yeah, I, I completely agree, especially because Vic's been playing at a high, high level. So keeping him rested should, should be of an uh, utmost priority. We, we forgot the timestamp if we were moving to basketball. Timestamp, y'all. Timestamp, y'all. This timestamp brought to you by... Quick Paper Supply, your locally and family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products. Quick Paper services over 150 restaurants with weekly, low-minimum next-day deliveries, providing a wide range of food service products from to-go containers, cups, custom-printed products, eco-friendly, and much more. They also have cleaning restroom uh, supplies for all, cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick, 513-470-2029, reference Bearcats, 20% off. Your first month of purchases. There you go. There we go. Love it, Darren. If I could put that comment up here, I would. But uh, yeah, cool, cool having you follow us. Uh, as far as the Reed Colbert go, I, Kevin Huber for special teams coach. I mean, if, if here, here's the thing that's difficult about that. Okay, Kevin Huber has made a lot of money coaching college football takes a lot of time a lot you know what you don't get to do if you coach college football much enjoy all of that money that you made by playing in more games in than anyone in the history of the cincinnati Bengals. right ask ask mike miller in in right. college basketball right <laughs> And and Rasheed Wallace too for what it's worth. Yeah. You you think it'll be fun because you get to be back in the in, in the groove and still part of a team and, and whatnot, but it, it is an awful lot of work. Well, but what happens? Then you're like, you know, I want to go on vacation. And you can't <laughs> you can't like it's a recruiting period. We need you or, here for team camp. We need yeah, you here it's for- a team camp, or you know, you gotta be you, you, you got a four-day window, so you can only go on vacation for four days. Ryan, if you had – what do you guys estimate? Kevin Huber's got to have what? $10 million in the bank? Minimum? At least. Play for what, 20 years? How long did he play for? Uh, well, he was, no, he was, with the, he was on the 08 team. 08, 09 team. So I'm looking 14, 15 years. 14, 15 years in the NFL. Making um, what? Is, what was his it, contract? It, I don't know what his last contract was. I mean, obviously, you're a punter. You start out the early part of your career, not making yeah. a ton. Then you take out taxes. Like, yeah, so the, Kevin Huber's got. Let's just 
let's take the easy way out. Multiple million dollars in the bank. Mm-hmm. Or in it tied up in investments and you know his portfolio. Absolutely. His net worth is multiple millions of dollars. I mean if you want to go on vacation for a week, career earnings 28.3 million. According to the riches.com, he only has an estimated net worth of 2.3 million dollars. Okay. Well, yeah. his career earnings are He's been he that means he's been spending that money. I know Ooh, he moves a lot. Boy. I don't know. I I, I I saw him sitting up in the upper bowl at a UC basketball game. So he was there Saturday. In the upper bowl or Sunday. No, he's down kind of lower level. He's a normal. My uncle plays golf with his dad. Like my uncle's known his family forever and ever and ever. Hmm. So yeah, the normal dude. But are, are you really like, you know, you're, 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 it's the middle of June and you're like, you know what? I'm going to go on a nice vacation. Let's go on a cruise. No, I've got to work these high school prospect camps where I stand out on the turf at Nippert Stadium with a stopwatch. Royer knows exactly what I'm talking about. And time oh. 40s. I got to go back hell. to McNick High School and recruit their, their punter. I'm not even talking about that. Like, I, like just the stuff that goes on in June and July. Yeah. Like, no, it never ends. No. And it's worse like, for the coaches. Yeah, that's we my get point. More, yeah. <laughs> never ends for yeah. us. We can barely do anything. Keep like, it rolling. I got to go potty. They, okay. It's even worse for the coaches. So, like, yeah, like it, it's it's June and July, man. Like, I've got I've I've got six million dollars in the bank. Mm-hmm. Whatever, I've got two million dollars in the bank, <clears throat> and I want to go spend a a week, you know, on an island somewhere. For me, I'm a big Jamaica guy. I love Jamaica. Been there a couple mm-hmm. times. Enjoy it very much. I want to go to Jamaica for ten days, two weeks. No, nope. no, nope. can't do that if you're coaching. Nope. It, it, it's it's not as fun as like everybody. Everybody's quick. This is what's everybody's quick to take the most famous guys that have played at UC Ryan, and like bring them back. Throw them into coaching. Throw them into coaching. People this week, and I know that I know they were mostly joking, but people yeah. this week are like, just get Jason to retire and have Jason be the head coach, Kelsey. <laughs> Like, man, yeah, that man, you that, want to talk man. about a man that's made a lot of money. Oh, he's made a ton. And he probably just wants to drink beer for a little bit, too. He doesn't want to coach. He's got a couple <laughs> daughters. He just went like, now, now he doesn't have to do anything. He's going to make millions of dollars a year doing this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Why would he coach he have to do this podcast? Anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Coach all the time, like, you know, 80 hours a week, or sit down with my brother. And talk for 90 minutes. God, I would love that. Twice the money. <laughs> yeah. All right. Brent's back. Ready to move into the mailbag as we're already at yeah, two hours. We got to mailbag it. I felt like Tom Hanks on a league of their own right there, man. Sorry about that. We're back. All right. Oh, boy. Well, do we want a timestamp again or is it too close to the last read? Timestamp uh, for sure. Timestamp, quick paper supply. Oh, click the wrong button. Uh, they provide disposable restaurant supplies, products like to-go containers, cups, pizza boxes, 
to-go bags, can liners, napkins. They've been open since 2009 and are one of the largest minority-owned companies in the city. Call Nick, 513-470-2029. Reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. There you go. Our good friends at Quick Paper Supply. That's a double up, basically. We doubled up on Quick Paper Supply. Bang, bang. Woo! All right. Switch things back over. Hold on real quick. Natalie. Uh, those guys will be around the program when their playing days are done. Like the Kelseys, maybe. Like they're from Cleveland, I'm sure they'll be around, but they're not financially. Jason, financially, Travis is all the way in on the program. So, yeah, th- those guys will definitely. They have a massive amount of love for UC, but are they going to want to work 80 hours a week when they've got? And those two have millions and millions in the bank. Not not Kevin Huber millions, millions and Hall of Fame millions in the bank. So yep. you can be around in a different way. But guess what? You played 10, 12, 15 years in the NFL. There's not a lot of guys that, that do that. NFL, Major League Baseball, uh, NBA that want to do. Yeah, they'll be hanging around for sure. We're just talking about the coaching aspect. There's just not many guys that are like, man, I've got all this money in the bank. I don't want to work 60 hours a week. Mm-hmm. I don't want to work 20 hours a week if I got that much money in the bank, right? That's what we're all doing. We're trying to get that much money in the bank so we don't have to work anymore. Wow. Living right. on the way. Yeah, the Matt Rules of the world, though. <laughs> Moving on to the mailbag. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, starting off in the football portion of the mailbag, who are the coaches you would like to have stay on staff? My thoughts are Combs and Walter Stewart for sure with maybe Cummings. This should help solidify some offensive and defensive line commitments. The game is won in the trenches. Having Combs helps with the continuity amongst current players in addition to local recruiting ties. Um, I 100% agree with that. I agree with Combs and Walt for sure. Offense, like The offensive stuff is hard, man, because they're going to have a different system. They're going to have a different philosophy. He's going to have, and by he, I mean Scott Satterfield's going to have his own offensive line connections, like network, whatever. Um, I think it's Cummings really is also difficult. Gino's guy. Cummings is Geno's guy. I, I also think it's really difficult to like for an offensive coach to work with a line coach that doesn't come from whatever. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe their philosophies are similar. I don't know that answer but if you're hiring an offensive line coach as a offensive coordinator or an offensive minded head coach and his philosophy is different than yours that seems really counterproductive to me am i on target there ryan nope i mean yes nope. you are on target okay. i meant <laughs> shit that was very casual nope i was like i know i, I just i said it wrong <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's stupid of me all right over under 14 and a half high school kids in the 2023 class. Brent, you're the betting guy. Um, I'll take over. Uh, I think it's what? It's dwindled down to 13 right now, 13 or 12. Yeah. Uh, like so, I mean, I imagine they'll they'll get a few to either decide to come back or, you know, add a couple that, that uh, you know, Satterfield's been in conversations with or a couple of late bloomers that he's been keeping his eye on as well. So, I'll – I'll take the over. Ryan, what you got? I'd say over as well. Chad? I'll go under. I'm going to go heavy portal. 
it's 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 down to twelve right now. So, so it's at in, twelve, and that's McCullough still, still in you never there. Know. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go under, I'll say like 12, 13, 14, and then a lot of portal action. I say under as well. Um, honest question. In your opinion, were the resumes of Houston's Dana Holgerson and UCF's Gus Malzahn better or worse or about the same when they were first hired by their respective schools? I'm trying to get a feel of, for if UC really went out on a limb with the Scott Satterfield hire or if they're in line with what the other new look Big 12 schools from the AAC have done. Uh, I think Gus Malzahn was a good hire. I think they forced him out of Auburn uh, inappropriately. I think so they're I thought, talking about like when he got the Auburn job or when he got his first like big job. I mean – West Virginia was Dana's first big job. Well, he was I think, a coordinator, right? I think they're saying when yeah. they were hired to Houston and to UCF. Well, I mean, Dana was at West Virginia for. I think years. Gus Malzahn's a better hire than Satterfeld, in my opinion. Here, I, th I, I think Dana's very similar to Satterfield as well. Minus the. But he's just a jackass. And, yeah. Dana's a jackass. But if you go strictly on resumes, then yeah. I mean, Malzahn's resume is, is, is fascinating, Ryan, because Malzahn is a guy that will beat Nick Saban and lose to the worst coach in the conference. Yeah, but, but that's he does what have he a did national championship. Yeah. Okay. No, he doesn't, actually. That he doesn't? does. Yeah, he does. He does. Tommy's the one that didn't win a national championship when they went undefeated. That's right. Wrong Auburn coach. My bad. Yeah. Pine yeah, box. I was, like, I was like, God damn, I forgot. I messed that one up. No, Gus did with uh, Cam, yeah. Cam Newton. Yeah. 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 I was thinking oh. wrong Auburn undefeated season. That's on me. My bad. You're good. But Gus does have, and we saw it this year. They, like, he has always been a big game coach that loses historically one, two, three games where you're like, what the hell happened there? That's all. That was my point in that. Yeah. Looking at you, saying. Navy. Right. Yep. did it this year. Yeah. Uh, in your opinion, what are the three most important priorities that this new coach and staff need to focus on? Recruiting, recruiting, and recruiting. Um. Going to the I, Big 12, you better have the talent. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I think they were, that were, okay. defense. Let me let me let me let me clarify real quick, Ryan. Recruiting yeah. your own roster <laughs> because that's a yeah. massive part now. Recruiting the high school ranks, especially around Cincinnati <laughs> in this region, and then supplementing it with your strengths in other areas, like has been done here with great success. And then recruiting the transfer portal. So recruiting being three things, it's not just me saying recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. It's saying all three levels mm -hmm. of recruiting now that you have to deal with as a coach. Yeah, fair. Um, and I do want to I do want to clarify this, and I'm sure someone will either do it on the in the comments on the board or or on Twitter or something. But Gene Chizik won the national championship at Auburn. Gus Malzahn lost to Jameis Winston and Florida State. Oh. All right. There you go, Brent. 
Thank you. Thank That's you. why you're our quick, facts guy. Quick clarification. Well but uh, but yeah, as far as, right as, far as the three go, it, it's, I know. it's <laughs> recruiting, development, and culture. And when I say recruiting, I mean, obviously, NIL and, and uh, the portal as well, but winning, culture. Come on. The, the development part is interesting, Brent, because I did have somebody I talked to on the Louisville side today that said, like, the development part is a concern because yeah, if you look at Louisville's best guys, they were guys that were there when Satterfield got there. Yeah. Like, the guys that performed. There were yeah. guys that were there when Satterfield got there or guys that he went and got out of the transfer portal, which, right. guess what? Guys who went and got out of the transfer portal are still your guys. Yeah. I do think the concern is like this is a this has been historically a developmental program. Right. On Pike to Ben's day, Pike and Ben's were not high level recruits, right? The day after Alec Pierce had a great game for the Colts. <laughs> yeah. Right. This is a developmental program, so uh, There's nothing wrong it, with that, too. No, that's that's how some teams become great teams, and then guess what? You keep winning. And you keep getting better players, and then you get to develop players that don't start here, that maybe start here, and then start here, like as you move yeah. up the ladder. Development is is critical, and, and culture at least from is critical the source, Yeah, from the Louisville source I talked to, there is some concern about the development of the freshman recruits that he's brought into the program over the past couple of years. Exactly. That's what I was talking about earlier. It's like the hype, hype, hype recruit NIL. we got this big pool of money. We'll get these bigger guys in, but then like they're still losing just as much as they win. So if they're getting these good recruits, why aren't they winning? It's because like, I think they might be having a developmental slash cultural problem or shortfall that you know i didn't think we were having here so right. i think it's got to be a mix of both if he yep. can tap into both if he can use the culture fickles built here and maintain and improve and not try to change it along with bring his nil and recruiting i mean you're gonna have a you're gonna have a, a surge you're gonna have some good shit going on here so it's gonna, gonna change it the culture is gonna change you've got a new guy in charge yeah but it has to stay solid like it has yeah. to stay a way above average. It's not yeah. going to be like you can't keep it the same because you're not Luke Fickle, right? But yeah, but you have to maintain a really strong locker room where yeah. all the guys, as as you have talked about a million times, fight for one another every day. Yeah. Similar values, like vision, similar. Right. Not yeah. going to be the same exact things. All right, for Chad, was this the most difficult coaching search you've ever had to cover from a reporting perspective? If no, which coaching search was? Yeah, this was this was really hard. It's hard. All right. It's hard. Uh, it's like it's like hiring a for coach the group. for Lubbock. It's hard. <laughs> for the group, I don't like grading hires, but in terms of what the candidate pool where you see is at as a program going to the Big 12, etc. How did Cunningham do? I feel like it's a hire where we know what Sats floor is while still having a reasonably high ceiling. I'd agree with that. I think that's fair. Um, my question would be like, like, what did what did everybody want? Because a lot of people didn't want a Mac, sitting Mac head coach. Uh, a lot of people didn't want 
a, a coach with no head coaching experience going into year one in the Big Twelve. The coaching uh, pool was horrendous. It wasn't a great. It wasn't a great cycle. And we knew. We talked about this last year. Like we we've discussed this. We talked about it last year when we said uh, Oklahoma, Texas, USC, Notre Dame, LSU, like all these great jobs open. And then there was a waterfall of jobs that opened, you know, around them because you had basically two years where nobody changed coaches. You had the COVID year, nobody changed coaches really. And then you had the year after where everybody was still financially like recovering from the COVID year. So there was just this frenzy last year and that eliminated a lot of options, I think. So that impacts, you know, the the hiring pool that you're going to have when you follow something like five elite blue blood jobs changing and the trickle down from all of that. I, I'm going to ask you guys something because I saw this today and I, I want to confirm whether it's just because I lost my brain this week. Did you guys know Tulsa fired Ryan Montgomery or Phil whatever the Tulsa coach was? Yeah. I didn't know until I saw that. Um, that they Kevin hired Wilson. somebody. Yeah. Kevin Wilson. Kevin Wilson yeah. The old I had no idea, Ryan. Oklahoma. Yeah. I, I had no, no idea. idea that they fired their coach, that they well, fired Phil Montgomery. Well, I, I don't think it was a fire. I think it was one of those where it was like, we'll tell you to resign type thing. So he got fired. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> he got nice fired. Yeah. He got fired with some respect. They, they put some respect on his firing. But I'm telling you, I, for whatever reason, and it's probably just I was on the phone for seven days, I had no idea that Tulsa was in the market for a head coach. That's how mm-hmm. relevant Tulsa is. Nobody, I'm sure it was news in like the 10 minutes that it happened on Twitter that Tulsa was letting him go or he was retiring or stepping away or whatever it was. I didn't see it. Nobody else talked about it afterwards. And then today they hired Kevin Wilson and I went. It was on the front page of the Tulsa Gazette. You didn't see it? <laughs> Those people all have me blocked because of the whole <laughs> ducking smoke. Uh, yeah. Everybody yeah. that everybody with a pen in Tulsa has Chad Brendel blocked. I'll just let you know. That right <laughs> um, um, Brent, did you want to add anything to that last question about? Um, oh, grading hires. Uh, you know what? When I first initially saw it, it was the. The overall shock, but the more diving into it, I I keep on just going back to the looking more at the Appalachian State tenure than than the Louisville thing. I mean, yes, his his development is down, but it's like 2020. That's a that was a very hard year uh, for anyone. So that was when his first freshman class. That's when you start to develop your young players. So I I'm not going to give give a whole grade on it, but we'll see. I'm just going to read this tweet, Aaron. A Louisville fan said, wanted to see Cincy fan reactions to the hire, and two grown men got into a fight, leading to one guy logging off the Zoom for their pod within the first five minutes. So all is going well in Cincy. It's fine. We're not not here for the Louisville fans anyway. 
Aaron's had a bad day, Louisville fan. It's okay. What coaches not currently at UC or Louisville could realistically be brought in to help with Cincinnati area-based recruiting? Tom um, Bolden. I thought about that one. <laughs> Let me get on the phone with Kyle Keebler Bolden, and uh, he's already got he's already got the <laughs> the Halloween costume. <laughs> you want? I mean, it, Ryan. It's a match made in heaven, isn't it? Yeah, the Visor Nation. Visor Sat. Like tap in. Gray Guy Fietti joining forces with with okay. I'm in. Sadie I Daddy. want Bolden on staff now. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> then, then, then he drags Bolden, his son, back into coaching, further sending him down the dark hole. I'm I'm here for all of it. <laughs> I think Mike Daniels has to, to be considered. He's got, you know, he knows everybody in the city. That's um, the Princeton. He used to coach yeah. Princeton. Yeah, he would he just come around. He was the running back team. coach at Georgia yeah. Tech. Yeah. So I think Mike Daniels, you know, you you give a look potentially. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's not a, like, we all know the names of guys that have been around. Um, but, I mean, but ultimately the answer is still carry. Yeah, you do everything you have to do to keep yeah. carry on staff, and that way you're tapped dialed in. in. You're you're as dialed in, tapped in as everybody, uh, anybody could possibly be in the city of Cincinnati. Do you think that Fickle's going to try to bring him to? I don't know. Possibly. Yeah. Like he's a great recruiter. He's recruited nationally at Ohio State. Like it wasn't Ohio State didn't hire him to like specifically recruit Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. He recruited some elite defensive back talent to Ohio State. Like, I think you you throw your your name in the ring and see if he's interested in moving again, or it could be a situation where he wants to stay here and and be around his family and his grandkids, and the, that's the uh, million dollar question. There is how he wants to handle that. Yeah. All right, is Satterfield buying the barn? <laughs> Satterfield's kids are all adults. Uh, one at UC, one at Grand Canyon, and one, did he say in Wyoming, I think? Bozeman, Montana. Montana. Bozeman, Montana. So he has no use for the barn. None. The barn, the barn is for somebody that has. <laughs> Where were you? Kyle Bowen set the barn on fire. <laughs> Collect insurance money on the way out. <laughs> uh, Satterfield mentioned in the press conference that he grew Louisville's recruiting department to seven people. How many people are in Fickle's recruiting department the last few years? I am only aware of Pat interns. and Max and Bowden, and Bowden before that. Yeah. Well, uh, Pat was the number two to Bowden. And Max was an intern at that point in time. Uh, really, it was just Pat and Max and a couple interns or like student like hires or whatever. But the mm -hmm. only two like full time recruiting guys were Pat and Max. So um, that could be a place where those jobs don't like those jobs are really important, but they don't pay high six figures, mid six figures. So you could get with that extra two million dollars three, four, five people in your recruiting department 
Uh, well, there was three actually. Um, Austin was a part of you know the there was three for a while, so you could get that to three, four, five pretty quickly with the salary pool that Satterfield has. And if he said he had seven at Louisville, I'm sure he'd like to get five, six, seven again. All right. Uh, who do you think current or former player comes back as the head coach of UC football? I mean, Gino's probably the most likely right now. He's a coordinator. I mean, Mickens is possible. Uh, D'Angelo Smith is is in the game. You have to think it's probably one of the younger guys, right? Because the, the Walt, Walt actually, maybe right up there with Gino is the most likely. Um, the older guys that have been in the game kind of are past that. Like head coaching range, I would think. So one one of the guys that were have recently been here, uh current player. I don't know, Royer, who who you got as a, a potential head coach on the current roster. Don't don't Isn't count it? me out, man. Do not like count it. me out. I like I've been it. doing some thinking lately. Might have to ditch the F thirty five. I think you too. could be a national champion strength and conditioning coach. <laughs> that's what, what uh that's what Danny Felino always tells me. But I don't know. A lot of things are gonna have to you're a, I know you're a, a lot of that. things are gonna have to go wrong in my life for that to happen. <laughs> are you a visor guy? What what are your thoughts no, on? No, I'm not a hat. I don't do any hats, man. Okay. Let let it flow. Since I know everyone loves to look at wins, losses to evaluate coaches, stupid, but besides the checklist JC had, what would you say Satterfield's best qualities as head coach program runner? And I guess I could ask the opposite as well. Least redeeming qualities. Do you believe that he will have this program's back when stuff gets tough? Unlike at UL, it's G off, by the way, LOL. I, I don't know yet. I mean, I don't here's, think it's here's, stupid to evaluate wins and losses. It's like the well, one I, but it's I think the problem there is Ryan is people have been uh, harping on wins and losses without context. Okay, like the, everybody hated Sean Lewis because it took him a little bit to get Kent State like stabilized when he got there. Everybody wants to talk about Satterfield without talking about like the level of shit he had to clean up from the Bobby Petrino era. Yeah. Fair. And and I like, I know people look at UC and say there was a lot of shit to clean up when Tuberville left and there was, but I think you can attest to the fact that there weren't a bunch of bad guys in the locker room when you got here. No, not bad. Pe- not bad people. Just not very good football players. Well, I don't and... think Cortez and Cope weren't very good. Oh, Wade no, wasn't no. Very good. No, they were. There were there were some. That, those are the ones who you saw playing. Right. But then the there was a lot end. of guys that weren't. Yeah. Um, I just think there was like a. It was a country no club a, atmosphere. Yeah, no one was a bad was person. Yeah, they just weren't identifying well with the staff's culture and vision, and I don't think they wanted to change. The guys that wanted to change, you they they succeeded and they played. 
yeah. and they either went on to the NFL and went and whatnot. So, but my point being, you didn't when you walked in there when when Luke walked in there, there were problems, but the problems weren't related to having a terrible locker room. No, no. It was more just football, like knowledge, football awareness. They weren't they weren't properly coached. Yeah, they weren't properly coached. They weren't developed. They didn't know. They weren't the scheme wasn't like our our defense. Like they didn't they weren't they didn't have like great scheme. They didn't have great scheme on offense. They didn't value the trenches. So yeah, it wasn't like a a player personality slash attitude slash like just overall yeah. type of person and problem. That's what he had to deal with, I think, at Louisville is there was a lot of bullshit that went on as Petrino kind of ran that thing into the ground in his second stay. Yeah. Nobody respected the guy. Like we we saw him. Everybody saw him on the internet with that stupid brace on his neck and like lying about getting into a motorcycle wreck with his side piece on the back. Like you can't, you don't come back from that. (laughs) Brent, anything to add there? Uh, No, we're good. All right. (laughs) Uh, is Drogish linked at the hip to Gino? I kind of got that read and was wondering if Gino leaves, does Drogash go as well? I guess we'll see. Um, did, did someone say that he was planning on visiting this weekend in the chat? I, I don't know if I saw anything about that. Um, Chad, can you do you know anything about as far as he goes? Um, he's I know cur- he's currently away from his computer. Gino was the one that obviously recruited him to, to come there and, and whatnot. But, I mean, he seems like to be one of the guys that have, you know, stayed. Mick Mick has spoken to Brady tonight. Um, there is a, uh, a thread with comments from as many of the commits as uh, Mick has been able to get a hold of about their plans. They're trying to have a big um, visit, official visit weekend this weekend. So that they can get those guys, as many of those guys as possible, back on campus. Brady plans to be there, so we'll see. Very good. Any leads on new hires? Looks like the Louisville strength and conditioning coach is off to Arkansas. All of those things, in terms of new hires, uh, will be covered on Bearcat Journal. That is not stuff we will discuss on the free content. It was just um, a question in, in, on the. I know. I'm just answering the question. Yeah. Like that, that stuff is like that's that's why people subscribe to Bearcat Journal. What's happening with the the the, the building of the coaching staff? Uh, we will be following all that stuff there. Uh, when hires are made, we will discuss them here. So that's kind of the yin and yang of. Free content and premium content. If we if we give all the premium content away on the live shows, people get mad. There's no reason for anybody to pay for the premium stuff. So it's a fine line. We got to walk it. Uh, never saw Turd Killer in the questions before, but here we are. Uh, what happened during the search that brought Satterfield into the mix was JC unimpressed with the final interviews and reached out. Did a booster push it? Uh, we covered that a little bit in the beginning of the show. Um, I think Satterfield was a guy that had been in contact very early in the process. 
and then came back into play later. Uh, I, I think there's always a situation where when you're hiring, you go through your hiring list and maybe you get to the, the point where it's about time to make a decision and you're like, maybe I want to hear something else. And, and a lot of that is like when you go back to uh, the Sunday, last Sunday presser from John Cunningham, and he talked about NIL and recruiting and transfer portal and some of these things that were going to be important to him. I wonder if they just didn't get maybe the answers they were looking for from some of the guys that were, and this is me spitballing. This is not something I know. This is just me talking through how things followed the, the, the like landing at the final decision. Um, I do wonder like, the booster stuff, and, and I said this this morning, I know there were people, and this is this shouldn't be surprising, because there were a lot of people when Luke Fickle that was hired were not Luke Fickle fans, right? He, he was a defensive guy. They wanted offense. He, he didn't have that success at Ohio State in that season that he was forced into a disastrous situation. There were a lot of people that followed that coaching search that weren't sold on Luke Fickle. And some of the people that were behind the scenes really liked the idea of Scott Satterfield. He was winning huge at Appalachian State. And transitioning them from FCS to FBS. This wasn't like a, you know, a, a G5 program that had been stable. This was a FCS team that was coming up to FBS and continued that success like quickly. So there were there were people behind the scenes that really liked Scott Satterfield. Did those people have influence in this now? I don't know. Do I think there's a possibility that the people that really liked him then were like, hey, you know what? Six years ago, I really liked that guy that finished second. Maybe we should revisit and see if we can work something out. And then they work something out. And when I got that text at almost 11, 30, 12 o'clock last night, it was like, do I call Aaron and wake him up? <laughs> Thank God I didn't. You needed your beauty sleep. I would have been extra cranky. <laughs> Is there, there's no such thing as edge. You wake up on extra cranky sometimes. Today was one of those days. <laughs> All right. Um, any news on a deal with Nike Jordan? I've heard that a deal is done, but no official announcement. Barstool Cincy seems to think it's done. We did discuss this earlier in the show. It's not done. It's not done. Just Might it get done? Absolutely. Is it done? No, it's not done. My thoughts are if people want to commit discretionary NIL dollars to the cause, current players like Corleone, Watley, et cetera, are a good place to start given their outspoken support of the school slash program. Also like the idea of some recruits reaffirming their commitment to the school, although I guess that waits until they are re-recruited by the new coach. Uh, not really a question there, but I thought it was worth reading. Okay. If you had to guess, where did Sat rank on JC's coaching search list? Similar to Wisconsin search, they had their guy in Leonard, but – a couple of options that would trump him if they got a chance to hire that person. If any, who are those candidates to JC? 
those questions are so hard to answer because everything was kept so quiet. Like, if I had to guess, I just spent nine days guessing. <laughs> right? Like, I spent nine days guessing. I got the name of the coach eight hours before he was announced as I was going to bed. So I don't know where the, the like, I know what I think the list looked like. I don't know what the actual list looked like, so I can't speculate on, like, if I saw John, maybe maybe Chip Kelly was was high on John's list. Maybe uh, Jeff Brom, as some people have mentioned, were, was high on the list. Like, I, I don't know. 50% off still going. Yep, 50% off. You can get it at BearcatJournal.com. Uh, one year off your membership. And if you're a monthly member, you can upgrade to annual and get the 50% off deal. There you go. All right. Uh, if Sat is a dud, does JC get the X? <laughs> That's up to Neville Pinto, so probably not. I don't think he would deserve that, too. One bad move. Uh, Chad, how do you feel like your record against Cunningham is? 1-1, one 2-0, and one, two and oh, or 0-2? Oh <sighs> probably 1-1. One one. Like, I feel like I the basketball search, I was – in the game and then you know i got a shot late to uh to get the hire um he won this one at best one and one maybe oh and two two and oh is not even close get my ass kicked this time it's like there was a xavier fan that jumped in my mentions today and was like uh scott satterfield is on chad's hot board 5.0 that he hasn't published yet and i just tweeted him nailed it <laughs> <laughs> Who finished second in the coaching search? Don't know. I I was told by somebody last night, late yesterday, late yesterday afternoon, that Willie Fritz was going to be the coach, and that came from people close to Tulane. That didn't come from Cincinnati. Willie that was, yeah, that was. There are people in New Orleans that are convinced. People very connected to the Tulane program that Willie Fritz was going to be the coach. We, after he beats us, we were going to hire him. Yep. yep. That would have been crazy. And then yep. the longer the evening went on, I was told it's not him, it's somebody else. Something else is happening. That would have been while Satterfield was here interviewing with Cunningham and Pinto. So, uh, I, Willie Fritz or Mo Linguist or Sean Lewis. Or Alex Golish. I don't know. Has the ship sailed on Gino being back? Would the large increase in assistant salary pool could raise be enough to keep him? Probably not. It's stylistic, right? We talked about this. Like, if you're the head coach and you're an offense coach, you're going to want a guy that runs your pretty close or your style of offense. Same with your offensive line. Like, if you're a defense coach, you're going to want – guys around you that are familiar if you're a 335 guy or you're a 43 guy or you're a 42 whatever you want people that are familiar with who you are and what you do and what you want your identity to be i i just i don't see one i i would imagine i i don't have any indication how would gino and scott satterfield have known each other right so you're gonna hire an offensive coordinator that you don't know or 
what you're going to offer him to be like, he's bringing his quarterback coach. We already know that very like pretty sure he's bringing his quarterback coach. So what job is there for Gino that isn't like a step back in his career when he has plenty of options also? Any chance Louisville's running back coach will come to UC? Seems that could go a long way in getting their top recruit to potentially come to UC. Uh, probably I'm not. Gonna, like I'm that guy get, didn't. That guy didn't go to Louisville because of the running back coach. Like, let's be honest. I'm gonna guess there's some Adidas contractual obligations that are keeping him at Louisville at least for one year. No, this is he's not part. Like, he is, but he's not part of the um. The kids from St. John's Bosco in California. That's a different NIL situation. Sure. When you start dealing with this stuff, Aaron, you got to know every story because all of them have their own. <laughs> well, it's not like the Cardinals are one to not do something shady or in between it, the lines. It's not shady or in between the lines. It's legal now. Pacino. It wasn't legal then. And they got, they got like a, they got one of these. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure everyone does things still above board. Okay. Yes. Yeah, but the point is, you can pay players. You can. I get it. That's not to say that there's still not some shady dealings going on. Moving on. What are realistic? Players. What are realistic expectations for UC over the next few years? West Virginia and TCU were 11 and 14 in their first two seasons in the Big 12. Utah went 18 and 19 in their first three Pac-12 seasons. Is this the type of record we should expect in the near future? This transition is going to be like a trip to Lubbock. That's it. Look, let, let, let me throw out a hypothetical home slate for you, Royer. Hypothetically, UC plays, I don't know, Oklahoma. With it. That one we've heard a bunch of rumors about that there's a good chance Oklahoma's coming to Nippert and UC is going to go to Austin to play Texas. I have sourced next that year. for somebody. I, yeah, next year, 2023. So you have Miami at home. You have uh, Eastern Kentucky at home. You have Pitt on the road. Let's say the Big 12 is generous and UC gets five home games. And... Three of those five home games are Oklahoma, Baylor, and I don't know what, UCF or uh, Iowa State. Iowa State, what, they played in like eight one-score games this year? Let's say those are four of the five, three of the five, whatever. Take your pick. You feel great about like an eight-win season? Nope, I don't. Sadly, so it, it's gonna be tough. You're gonna be looking at 500, trying to get bowl eligible, trying to get the seven wins, right? Yeah, at best. So, realistic expectations are very similar to I think what West Virginia and TCU. I would love to see them. I would love to see them at eight and four by the third year. If they can do that, I will I think be. Fair. I will be comfortable with Saddy Daddy. So, <laughs> I will never but I just can't. 
I will call him Daddy Daddy. What about Daddy Staddy? <laughs> no. That daddy, one is a no. Daddy Saddy. <laughs> I'd rep that to him the first time I met him to let him know how we operate around here. <laughs> we need to I'm get in. you in front of Satterfield. We need to let him know this is Mr. Bearcat. He won't give two shits. I expect him to not, too. <laughs> no, he will. He will. We gotta get what we gotta do is get you with Dana Beers this weekend. Yeah, what, what I thought he was coming on this week. Dude, we're at two hours and 43 minutes without Dana Beers. I know. I thought he was, but then you, you told us last week he was coming or some shit. The coach got hired today, right? I know. I know. I just, shit's flying around. What's he getting Michael, here? Michael Beers' uncle is not on this week. Um, <laughs> I, I think he, like for Thursday or Friday. Any word on how uh, Satterfield's meeting with the players went? Shep notwithstanding. Uh, it went like an official visit. It went well. Like, of course, there's going to be some guys that already have their minds made up. There's nothing you can say that's going to change their mind. Um, and then there are going to be guys that op- that are open-minded. And then you're going to have guys that are be like, I'm not leaving. I'm not fucking leaving. Like, so you got to figure out who's who. We talked about that a little bit earlier. Um, the meeting was fine. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing that's going to come out of that meeting that's going to change anything. Right, Ryan? Uh, no. Unless a guy stands there and tells you he's coming 36 coming. times in seven minutes. And he's bringing his baggage and it's Louie. Yeah. I'm bringing my I'm, baggage and it's coming. <laughs> and I'm coming. coming. I'm coming. Would you support <laughs> moving the crosstown? Sh- oh, we're in the basketball portion of the mailbag here. Uh, would you support moving the crosstown shootout back to January like it used to be so it doesn't get lost during football season? This game used to be second biggest event in the city. Uh, behind opening Reds opening day. I'm not sure if it's even in the top five anymore in terms of local sporting events with the Big 12 football and basketball on the horizon. I would support it, but it's not going to happen because TV wants it where TV wants it. And, yeah, it's still the second biggest event in the city. Outside of, you know, maybe this, this what looks to be, uh, for however long it lasts, the annual – uh, Bengals Chiefs game. Hmm. Bigger than Oktoberfest, which is the second biggest Oktoberfest in all of the world. Yeah. Uh, oh, event, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I had myself the, a good the time. Shootout is bigger, the shootout is bigger than Oktoberfest in terms of like. Here's the, the chicken, thing, Aaron. You know what? Dance, you know what? The, the chicken hey, dance Aaron. set a world record. Aaron, you know what oh, people don't right. talk about in July? The fucking chicken dance. Xavier fans still tell Cincinnati fans, we kicked your ass this year in the shootout all year. That's because they don't have 64 days. That's because they don't have football to talk about. If you live in the city, it's a 365 day. You're out of touch because you're in Athens now. You don't no, nobody talks about anything. Muskies don't there. jump in my mentions either. You so. don't even you don't even see people most of the time. That's true. Most of your days are spent. Only looking at the faces of the people in your house. <laughs> what a loser. Now, now you guys are just being rude. I'm not being rude. I'm, am I wrong? Years past, we've seen Nord players play out of mind. D. Davis, six of six from three. Who do the cats need to watch out for on Sunday or on Saturday? Uh, actually, uh, I'm going to change my answer. I said solely boom earlier. The one you like, the one I think you have to fear. Like doing something that he has at Cam Craft. 
Xavier's got a freshman. He's a shooter. He's like a six-six shooter that can. I, I've seen him get really hot in like on the AAU trail. He hasn't had a great start to his career, but that could easily be like the breakout game for Cam Craft, where he hits you know three or four threes to change. Who was, who was the center who went off last year? Nanji. Is he yeah, still Jack there? Nanji. Yep. Yeah. Great. Great, Brent. You got anybody to watch out for? Um, I mean, I, I'd say obviously, don't let Nudgy get off again. I think Kunkel would would really frustrate a lot of us if he knocked down a few threes. What about Kiki Tandy? That's another one where, where is it? Is it? Kai yeah, Kai kind of lost Kiki? on the back of the roster. Yeah, that's not a bad thought. That's not a bad thought. One that the Cincy fans obviously know the name of, and see him yeah. come in off the bench and splash a few. Wasn't he an eighth <laughs> Which one? Nunji? Kiki Tandy? Jeez. Yeah. Uh, yes. They were both eight-year seniors last year. That's the basketball portion of the mailbag. Two more questions to wrap it up. Uh, <laughs> if you could bring back any restaurant within walking distance of UC, what would it be? Royer? I, I go at the, the Holy Grail. Duh. The Holy Grail <laughs> used to be right there. No, oh, it's right? hangover easy. That used to be the Holy Grail. No yep. way. Oh, yep. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I saw the back doors for that. Yeah. Yep. That yeah. was the yeah. Holy Grail. That's true. It's probably so, better. the Holy Grail. I'm trying to think of what got shut down in my time there. Talk oh, D-Pub? Daniel's Pub. Daniel's Pub is the bar right on the corner, uh, right on Daniel Street. Um, they shut it down. They had they had uh, popcorn, hot dogs, as much beer as you could ever drink. And they were up Murphy's. They're up until still open. or three. Yeah, Murphy's is open. Oh no, I was just oh, saying Mad Frog. You're saying the hot Mad dogs. And, what's Mad Frog? Mad Frog didn't have though? food, right? Right. I don't, think I don't know. We didn't venture over to Mad Frog. There were some interesting things going on over there. People are saying Papadinos, Christie's. All right. Um, and the last question, of course, it's Skins. Okay. I'd like to announce I'm staying, much to Aaron's chagrin. Chad, can you ask JC if he can run my next job search since nothing leaks out from his office? This question wow. is for... He, uh, JC hasn't taken my calls in a week, so uh, we'll see. I'll try. This question is for everyone. What's more frustrating, JC keeping info locked up airtight or the board panicking because they assume worst case when there is no information available? Yes. I think that's the answer. Uh, <laughs> last of all, Chad, how many different people did you think were going to get the job at one point or another? The only thing I got that I thought was like really solid, like this is going to happen, was Willie Fritz. The person I got that from, I trust. Like, so somebody sent me a message. Like somebody I, I know of sent me a message and said, I know somebody like up the food chain at Tulane and they're hearing that Willie Fritz is going to Cincinnati. And I didn't think a ton of it because I like, I'm getting 70 rumors a day. Everybody's telling me the, the, the internet thing now where like I talked to uh, Steve and Steve told me what he thinks is happening. And then I'm going to, 
hit up Chad and tell him I talked to my source. And my source says, no, that's just your brother-in-law. Steve is not a source. Steve is your brother-in-law, <laughs> right? You, you so mean then Corville, some... Corville Carl or? <laughs> you, you know what I want to say. I'm not going to say. Um, yeah, what did he say? Gino was the was the lock, right? Yeah. So then somebody else that I trust, like as much as I trust anybody, hit me up and said, hey, I got somebody at Tulane telling me that it's, that it's Willie Fritz. And it, that like, whoa and then like i said like you know you spend the next four hours on the phone trying to figure out if this has any like real legs or not um and then it turned out it didn't and like i said at the time i was doing all of that work to find out if it was willie fritz they had scott satterfield on campus interviewing him uh and, and getting ready to offer him the job so Willie Fritz would be the only one I was comfortable with saying that I thought like I thought it was trending in that direction just because I trust that second source like like this off the camera is how much I trust that second source all right well that's the mailbag Whew. can we talk about the Louisville writer at the presser I just don't get like what do you so uh, for, for people that aren't aware, if you haven't watched the press conference yet, there was a TV guy that drove all the way up from Louisville just to ask Scott Satterfield questions about Louisville. And then got mad that he wasn't given extra time at the end to interview him one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. What are you looking to, like, do you think I'd ever in a million years think I'm going to drive to Wisconsin and ask Luke Fickle why he left Cincinnati? <laughs> like, what do you, what answers do you think you're going to get other than funny. the only thing you're trying to do there is go viral? Luke wouldn't let you ask any questions. He'd specifically ask them not to allow you to ask any questions. Can you imagine the look on Luke's face if I walked in that room in Madison? <laughs> That'd be hilarious. I would actually love to see that. Or that, hey, Chad, you know how we talked about doing that, like, joke, like, press conference, me dressed up? Yeah. That if we did that in, in fucking Madison. <laughs> yeah, me and you went to Madison, and you I'm walked in. Like... <laughs> yeah, you walked in with, like, a jacket with, like, the BCJ, like, the patch on it. No, he's, he's got a team vest on. Yeah. <laughs> the team vest with the BCJ patch on it on the oh front. Oh, my God. That's so good. He would, Is he... like, he would, he would, yeah. Like, they're, they're, what is that? I just don't know other than clout, right? That is clout chasing at its finest. I'm going to go to Cincinnati, ask this guy questions about Louisville, and hope that I can, one, rile him up enough live, or two, the Cincinnati Athletic Department is going to let me sit down one-on-one -on -one and ask him questions about Louisville. How fucking stupid do you have to be to think that that's possible? But the reality is they had no intention of doing that. Their only intention was clout. Social media, the Cincinnati's SID wouldn't even let us talk to him. But like you, you wasted eight minutes of the press conference. Asking your stupid ass Louisville questions. And three hours of your life driving that you'll never get back. 
Yeah. All to go viral, Aaron. All to go viral. Hoping that they he said something, right, that was inflammatory or derogatory or took a shot at Louisville so that he could go viral and, like, spread around the whole college football world. Come on to you, bro. <laughs> Just sad. We all are. Good old Louisville. Louisville, if you will. <laughs> Get us Let's out of here, here. We done? Nothing else? Done. We're done. Three hours, dude. Done. Finished. I asked that same thing at the end of every single pot, so I'll do it still on this one as well. So without further ado, big shout out, big thank you to Danco Transmission, to QuickPaperSupply.com, to, to our good guys, everyone who joined us, Mr. Dave Simone hopping in, for my guys, my pals, Chad Brendel, Ryan Royer, Aaron Smith, and Brent Young. Yet again, it was another fantastic BBP presented by BearcatJournal.com. See ya!